This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Craig, how'd you make out on those stocks this week? You you checking in on those stocks, bro? Oh, I. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got some pretty good stocks going on this week. Uh, I mainly just got the GameStop one. And uh, I'll tell you what, they're up. I mean, I'm making. Making Bugo Delore. I'm quitting this blog in about two weeks. You're making cash over fist. You know, you're investing yeah. in web, webistics. All, and... all I'm using this money is to buy more money so I can get more stocks. It's, I'll tell you what, I'm pretty much just knee deep in money right now. Just nothing but nickels and dollars over here. Yeah. Most stocks, mo problems. Yes. But that is, that was Biggie's famous lie. Yeah. I actually have a confession to make. They were talking about, and I, I don't think I'm alone here, but when all this stock shit came out this week, I just, I can't follow stock stuff at all. I just have no idea how the stock market works. Yeah, one of us, I think right? it's all bullshit. And I, I was actually, re- I was actually really glad this happened because I've always thought the stock market's like a bunch of bullshit. And <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> it just took a bunch of dopes from Reddit to come out and <laughs> basically show the world yes the stock market is a bunch of bullshit yeah it turns out it's uh nothing's real it's just all it's all a lie and uh you know i thought we were gonna move on from that maybe in 2021 but here we are we're just gonna keep everything is uh slowly becoming less and less real so stock market turns out not not a thing it just doesn't mean it's just not a thing it's just non-existent completely fake yeah, it's just totally not real so uh but <laughs> i did not no i didn't get in there uh quick enough to uh to retire early or whatever the hell is going on there i don't don't even know what's going on now i didn't even check up on that today i mean i see it all the time imagine that retire if we could just retire early then we could just do flight full time god not seven days a week yeah that's yeah what a combined 65 hours of podcasting a week i think if we get we started to go fund me i get enough money for like a couple more shirts Maybe a couple meals, and uh, I'm willing to do this full time. So let's just—we're good. I'm gonna oh, say, 100%. Yeah, I am a hundred percent. I am for this full time. Yeah. yeah, and I'll uh, yeah, and then we're going to be making uh, eight figures in no time, pumping out sweet hockey. People tangy who tangy listen tangy. to the show are fully aware that we will talk about everything and anything. <laughs> there is no limit to what the topics we will talk about on this show. Yeah. So sign us up. We're in for it full time. We are a hundred percent in for this now while the stock market might have been exposed for complete fraud fraudulent system this week you know it's not a bunch of frauds the philadelphia oh, I... or are they craig <laughs> or are i was they? gonna say they have not been exposed as frauds yet not quite there but uh you know steve they're rolling baby uh they won five and nine i don't see any pro- what's the problem with the team i think they're good they won five eight sorry my pot they're even better than i was leading you on to believe Five eight. There's a uh, nothing wrong. They're winning games. Yeah. They're up there in the standings. There's nothing wrong with the Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. There's no reason that you named the Google document that we're working out of. <laughs> God hates the Flyers. That was. 
All right, in my defense. This is real, folks. He has named it God Hates the Flyers. And the, you did name it that before <laughs> I was say, the Flyers I beat the up. New Jersey Devils tonight. But the Flyers did beat the New Jersey Devils earlier this I started week, it, and you uh, named it that. I think I opened this on uh, Monday. So it was before it was before the, um, the, the, the wins against the Devils. So when Carter Hart was pissed off against the world and it looked like the Flyers collectively forgot what defense was as a team. And I don't know if they still do. Uh, they've shown a little bit, but holy shit. It was the, so it was the Devils tonight, right? They play the Devils, uh, who yeah. aren't good. And if you watch this game tonight, you would think the Devils were good for the first 40 minutes. <laughs> it was just not a lot of time in the Flyers' zone, and it just was not uh, pretty. Steve, uh, this season really hasn't been pretty to date. But again, I think the big takeaway is five two one. Because um, I think Listen, help is you on know the who way. else isn't pretty but is effective. Evgeny Malkin, Rob Brindamore. Literally, all there's a bun- yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of ugly people getting the job. I mean, yeah, I, look at me. We're, we're all getting the it done. Like, like we're, yeah, there's plenty of effective ugly people. So <laughs> I don't care how ugly it is. As long as it results in two points in the standings. That's what I'm all about, baby. Those two points. Yeah, two points is two points. Doesn't matter, you know. If you're getting pushed around by the Devils or the Bruins or whoever the, the fucking Sabres, it's all... Just gotta get to the postseason. Where you're just gonna, you know, and then like Carter Hart have, I don't know, 16, 60 save games. And Lord, Lord Stanley's coming home, baby. Let's get going. That's what. It, that's all that matters, Steve. All the, Lord Stanley will be here any day now. That's right. And we're all gonna party in the streets. Regardless of uh, you know situation, so uh, yeah, Philadelphia, PA, <laughs> downtown in the street. Uh, the uh, I mean, what do you what do you want to start here? Uh, uh, how do you feel about the team right now after that game? So they look like shit for forty minutes, and then they turn it on for the third period. I mean, tonight was a real jack on high performance, and then like the whole season has kind of been not encouraging. And uh, a little bit of an encur- encouraging injury news this week. It looks like Phil Myers might be coming back a little bit sooner than expected. And also, uh, yeah, they are still they're still winning somehow. I don't know how. I'll be honest. I look. I, I obviously am not a huge fan of how the team's been <laughs> playing, but they are without Sean Couturier, who is hands down their best player, and. They shouldn't look as bad as they do without Sean Couturier, but that is a big piece missing. And frankly, without Couturier in there, you just need to get points as much as you can because that is such a big piece. And Myers is really a a huge injury. Tonight, so number one, Shane Gostaspare coming back this week has been huge for this team. He really has. Yeah. He has helped steady this defense. I mean, there's been a couple plays that he is, you know. Uh, looked like a guy who had COVID-19 and is just starting to play hockey again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened a few times and it's going to happen, but he still looked considerably better than some of the other guys they've tossed in there. No, he's looked a, he's looked a lot better. And unfortunately, they had to put one of the guys they've been leaning on back into the line tonight in Gus because of, uh, I guess, injuries and just what AV was feeling. But uh, Av hasn't been too pumped about Freeman's play. I think it could be a little bit better. I mean, Hegg is who he is, and that's not particularly particularly great. And then Braun's been ass. Braun's been straight up ass. He's been absolutely terrible. Uh, he was bad with yeah. Proveroff. He was bad tonight with Sanheim. I mean, Gus and him together was a nightmare. Shit. He is. Yeah, I think he's gotten shit. slower. He can't keep up with the pace. He has gotten slower. Yeah. I don't know. How. And like part of his game is when. 
teams get in behind the flyers and they're in deep in the zone, he is the one that always moseys on out into the corner. And he should be the one who just plops down and sits in front of the net. That was the thing last year that I picked up in the playoffs with him and Hegg and why I hated them was because there were some goals where Hegg was the guy that looked like shit out in front. And then when you go watch a replay, it was fucking Braun not chasing somebody down the corner and then they just walked around him. So that that speed got worse and it's coming into this year and it's translated in all the possession numbers. He's had, I mean, he broke even, surprisingly, uh, was above 50% in both uh, shot attempts for and expected goals for percentage last year. But this year he's under 40 in both, which is really fucking terrible. So I really, like, it's mainly... Everybody's been fucking Our expectations bad. were low. Yeah. And he's and somehow you surpassed them. <laughs> he somehow dragged out Pro Bro. But we talked about it. See, we talked about how Ghost coming back and, you know, putting him on the top pair might be a huge leap right out of the gate. But at the same time, this does give at least some kind of uh, structure to the Flyers defense throughout. Like, Pro Ralph Ghost is a pair that's had success in the past. Sanheim and Braun is a pair that had success last year, even though they didn't have success last night. And then Hag and Gus, as a, I mean, um, you know, tonight it was Gustafson Prosser as your third, but uh, like that third is is fine. I, once Myers comes back, if Provorov and Ghost continue to play like they've been playing, which they've been pretty good outside of the things you talked about, Steve, where like uh, I, there was a play in the second, I think, where Paul Mary just casually cut to the outside and, and then uh, weaves right back in in front and almost scored on heart around Ghost. Yeah, like that kind of shit. That's That's going to happen for a guy that has been out with COVID didn't have a training camp and hasn't played routinely and coming up on a year now. Um, so that makes sense. But uh, Ghost and Proveroff together. Ghost tonight had three shots on, or on a Tuesday, had three shots on goal, one hit, two block shots in 21-57. Those are some big minutes. Those are coming huge back to. minutes, yeah. And because he was paired. And that was one of my concerns with, with Braun playing with Proveroff is that Proveroff plays a shit ton of minutes a game and – if you're paired it's up a with lot. him, you're going to have to play a shit ton of minutes. It's a lot to keep up with. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, I think the hope with that pair was Proveroff would at least cover up a large chunk or just kind of carry Braun around the ice for a lot of those minutes. But when you're doing it for, I don't know, more of a third, almost half of the game, it's kind of a hard, it's a hard request for any blue liner, even if it is Proveroff. So, uh, but yeah, out of the gate, Proveroff and Ghost uh, on Tuesday. Uh, 56 course of 4 percentage, 75.08 expected goals, 4 percentage, 2 goals, 4, 0 goals against. Tonight, they had 6 of the 8 sh- uh, The Flyers had 6 of the 8 shots to 2 saw uh, while they are on the ice at 5 and 5. 67.08 expected goals, 4 percentage, and again, 1 goal, 4, 0 goals against. So if this pair... Don't don't get me wrong. This game was not encouraging or fun to watch at all. The first two periods, I, I, I mean, I don't know if they came. I could have taken a nap. No, and I mean, like, I don't know how this team. And I, I'm the one. I, I don't like to use the injuries as an entire excuse, but like, just even with the injuries and everything, I don't know how that team looked like that against the Devils tonight, and were in the playoffs last year. Like the team that we saw leading up to the pause of the season. I don't. I don't know how we got to that point, but it, um, <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, the third period was pretty much, uh, it was the fourth line coming up big again, which has kind of struggled, uh, in the early going. Uh, and then also I'm trying to see what else here, what else also played a role? I mean, Prosser, let's talk about Prosser. I mean, Prosser stepping in, uh, they didn't have, uh, Gustafson Prosser didn't have, uh, like a dominant night. They didn't really you know, keep the devils in their own end. But again, it was a third pair. Prosser hasn't played 
Uh, he Frostar hasn't played since January, I think it was 17th of 2019. So he hasn't played in over two years. He hasn't scored a goal since April 5th, 2018, and he scored tonight. <laughs> and then Gustafsson <laughs> and Prosser almost broke even uh, in the quality battle. And then, yeah, they had one goal for and zero goal against in 7-0-4. So they have a third pair. That's all you want. Um, but they can't. Like Prosser, I threw out Prosser, I think, last week as an option to fill in. I really didn't think it was going to be happening because Freeman and Sanheim had good numbers together on Tuesday and also looked fine on Tuesday, but uh, a big reason why, I think, is because of the size and the physicality, even though, ironically, Prosser ended up scoring. Uh, uh, AV had some kind of quote about Freeman not having enough bite in his game this season, or he knows he's capable of having, like, more punch in his game. Something about, like, you know, a little more... I believe the exact quote was, he hasn't bitten enough guys, and he <laughs> really needs to get in there. He hasn't gotten teeth and on man enough this season. Sink those <laughs> chompers into into those dudes, yeah. And then also, what was it, uh, Prosser is... a. Uh, Prosser's a big boy. Uh, Prosser is six foot two, two hundred one. Freeman is five eleven, one eighty five. So it's three inches and sixteen pounds of difference there that uh, maybe AV is looking at. And again, Prosser is right handed, so uh, that and the fact Zamula is, has not been with the club and not on the taxi squad, as uh, Charlie pointed out, uh, maybe the reason why Prosser is getting a look now. And also Zamula is again. His last game was a WHL game in December 2019, so he may just need to go down. It's a big leap. It's a big leap, and he may just need to go down. Like the, you know, the uh, general just flyers uh, group just might be on the um, the fence about him and might need to see some action in the AHL to decide whether or not he's uh, ready for the the NHL. So uh, yeah, Zamola will come. I think Zamola will have uh, some games in the NHL this year, especially with. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on now with this defense. If we're uh, Oh, yeah, if we're going to keep sure, throwing names sure. at uh, at the wall and see what sticks, yeah. Where are we going to ask that? I definitely want to see Zamola at some point because yeah. we've been talking about him for a minute and I am just very excited to see what he has Ross and, Zamola and see what he can year. bring at the NHL level. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk about Prosser for a moment just because, number one, it was cool as shit that he scored tonight. <laughs> it was, I, yeah. <laughs> it was like, nobody expected that. He scored him. the first Flyers goal. Everybody <laughs> was happy. And that that was really cool. It was like everybody was super psyched for him. You could see it on the bench. Like, people were psyched about Prosser on the Flyers yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, roster. Uh, Giroux, this is a, a tweet from Charlie O'Connor. Giroux called Nate Prosser the processor. And Raffle refers to him as an absolute legend in the locker room. <laughs> so this is a guy a... that these guys are just like psyched to have around. So maybe just a maybe it's myth. a morale boost. I mean, a yeah, walking myth. I mean, it didn't. He didn't really. You know, he made a difference in the first period. But other than that, the team really was not alive for the first two periods. Yeah. And one and the one other thing I wanted to say about uh, Nate Prosser was this was pointed out. At least the first person I saw to point this out was Kelly Hinkle. He looks like the energy vampire from what we do in the shadows. And that is hilarious. He looks just like that dude. And um, he was, he was also Craig for your reference point. Uh, he was on the, yeah, office, he was, I saw the guys uh, you were tweeting the, about. Yeah. Or I saw the, your yeah, tweet. Yeah. yeah. And he looks like uh, he's that random guy in like the late seasons. I know you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the, warehouse guy, yeah. <laughs> the dorky guy in the warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you, in, in actually what we do in the shadows, he plays, uh, he's a, He's a vampire that siphons off energy from other people, and he just works in an office. Oh my god! And just like he really makes does. everybody just like insanely depressed all day. So it's 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 a great role, <laughs> but he looks like that dude. So he it's does look me up like on that, it. yeah. And just like his hair pattern too. It's just uh... oh yeah, everything. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's a good image, yeah. So H- Hanks, uh, hats off to you. Stick tap for that one to Hanks. 
show. Uh, best friend of the show. One of the best friends of the show. I forget who we said was the friend, best friend of the show. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Prosser, again, I. Oh, man. You think this is the only game this year? Bill Clement is the best friend of the show. Bill Clement friend. is the best friend of the show. That's right. And I would say Jim Jackson, too, in case he ever hears this, because uh, they probably talk uh, about it. JJ is always, always <laughs> welcome. Uh, big fan. Big fan of that. Um, but I, Prosser, okay, so you think he plays uh, on Saturday? Because it sounds like I Phil Myers. I would be surprised because, well, Phil Myers is back. I think Prosser's ass is out of there unless yeah. they want to put Prosser in for Gustafson, which I'm not. I'm not totally against because, you know, Gustafson, man, again, he is exactly as advertised. A nightmare on defense. Pretty nice skills on I offense can't. when you I'm get him on the power play. It, but yeah. it's just, he, he can't, he's just a nightmare of five on He five had two assists tonight. Like, did you know that? Like, watching that game and watching him play, no he had a multi-point game. <laughs> like, that'll go down as something people years from now are like, oh, he scored two points that night. And, like, we're going to be like, no, we saw that. It wasn't, it was not that game at all. <laughs> It's like it's like Vinny LeCavalier when he played his oh, first God. year with the Flyers. Where you kept looking back. He had twenty fucking goals. <laughs> Everybody kept looking back at that season. It's like he felt terrible, but he had twenty goals. So how bad was he? I, yeah. And then the next season, we all found out. Oh, he's that bad. Yeah. He is really good. <laughs> just yeah. At twenty thirteen, like twenty thirteen fourteen Flyers had a weird. They like had that certain like magic that certain team like they had like all those last minute wins that year they had like seven 20 goal scores i, I like one of their one of their middle like six lines was like Cavier, shen and simmons on like that flyers team which was like that really the worst line ever back then so like i you know that was a weird that was a weird time to be alive steve but, real uh, weird time to be a flyers <laughs> myers though uh missed the last four games including tonight Looks like he is getting closer, at least that's what it looks like, according to uh, Charlie put out a tweet today about, uh, asked about Myers, uh, and Myers said that apparently, or uh, A.V. said that apparently Myers went to him, saying he feels better and wants to play, and A.V. said something about how he probably just needs a few more practice days, so I would assume that sounds, sounds like he might be in for Saturday or Sunday against the Islanders, which would be great, and to me, if Ghost and Proveroff is a thing again, then I think Sanheim and Myers, once they're back, I don't know, and I and I know how this is going to sound. I don't know how much of the defense is going to make me want to scream, because I think it should be fine then theoretically. Then once Myers comes back, because then you have Sanheim and Myers again, and if Furrow and goes serve as the top pair, it won't be as it won't shut down opposing offenses as much, I guess, with Ghost on the top line. But that. They're doing pretty well in terms of dictating play right now. They're keeping the puck in the other end. I know it's the Devils and everything, but still, they did. It's pretty two, a pretty good uh, two-game trial here. And if they keep stringing it together against the Islanders, I think the Islanders are going to be a big test for all of this, too, because yeah. there's a couple positive things to pull away from these two games, you know, against the Devils with P.K. Subban, who, man. He's just a shell of his Dude, former we, self. It's, it's sad. It's it kind of is sad. I, I remember, like, we were. Well, he was such we a were on the Subban hype player. train in 2019 a little bit. We were just kind of like, is there a reason why nobody wants him? And then it turns out, I, I guess everybody saw this fucking decline coming because he was, he was. There was a reason. There was a play. There was a play tonight where I think it was NAK, like, did a really slow move across the slot and kind of bobbled the puck. So he lost it towards the corner. 
But they were going, it, it looked like half speed, and Subban still fell over crossing side to side to get him. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is not. Which is insane. Just considering this who, yeah. guy was so good. Just what, like four years ago? He was fantastic. He was, and yeah. I couldn't fathom that happening. And now it's just oh, yeah, like. They, yeah, it was four years ago. It's, uh, it's not even close. 2017, the, the Predators in the Cup final was pretty much just Subban making crazy ass moves at the blue line. Yeah, that's what that team was. <laughs> And now, but I mean, that's good for us because, you know, uh, I mean, fuck the devils. Oh, yeah. And he's a nine million dollar a year cap hit on that team, yeah. which is it's going to take up. They're not space. exactly <laughs> up against the wall, but that's a lot of space. still. So. yeah. So that team. So the devil down there, budding netminder, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who is out with the uh, covid and he's supposed to be. He's not going to, well, he might rival Hart, but Hart's going to be better. Uh, but he is the main reason Nobody why. Nobody cares about Mackenzie Black. Nobody cares about fucking Mackenzie Wood, yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's just five miles, and that's about it. But, like, so he's out. They were banking on Corey Crawford playing for two, another reasonably seasoned NHL goalie kind of step in there and stop some pucks. Uh, it's either retire, so then they were left with Scott Wedgwood. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is as good as you can feel about winning four of six periods against the Scott Wedgwood led Devils. I think that's where I'm at. Like I we knew the Devils weren't great and they were down maybe their most important player. I don't know. Mackenzie Blackwood's pretty important in terms of uh that team gives up a lot of chances and shots and he stops a lot of them. <laughs> so and Wedgwood looked a little uh shaky tonight. But like those first two periods are really alarming, I think. Uh and I AV switched up the lines a little bit in the third and it looked like he it looked like they were initiating the forecheck a little bit more in the third. I think that's why the fourth line looks so well uh, in terms of just kind of uh, controlling the puck and actually producing. Little Michael Raffle goal. In little this Michael game. Raffle goal. Yeah, that was, that, that was a good play, and that was uh, NAK getting on, in on the forecheck, and that's the kind of stuff that has been uh, has been missing from the team this year. And actually, you no, know, I'm going to go on a little bit of. Uh, I'll, I'll just talk about the article I wrote. Yesterday, real uh, quick, Steve, to kind of talk about the possession numbers. Cause, Ooh, a plug rant. Yeah. <laughs> that, it hasn't happened in a while because I'm usually just doing, you know, the podcast. Been a word. Huge. There's been a pretty uh, steady decline uh, or a pretty uh, stark drop-off in the team's possession numbers between last year and this year. Went back and looked and broke it down to kind of, like, uh, see the differences. And there are 10 returning forwards and five returning defensemen to see what their numbers look like compare between last year and this year. And then also the two changes, which concerning the time on ice, it would be uh, last year's team had Sean Couture and Tyler Pitlick in the top 12 for ice timer at the end of the year. And this year they are replaced by Patrick and Bunneman in the top 12. So looked at the differences with those two in the line. Pretty much all this comes down to is everybody in the Flyers lineup has had a drop in Corsi 4 percentage and expected goals 4 percentage between last year and this year. And... The guys that are taking the biggest hits are guys like NAK, Limblom, Raffle, and Voracek, who are guys that um, maybe not necessarily Raffle, even though I think he's got some, he's a little bit quicker than people say, but they're all guys that have speed in their game. Right? Speed's a big ingredient in their game, and also they rely heavily on the forecheck and creating opportunities off the forecheck. So uh, that those switches and the fact of switching uh, Gus in on defense for with Niskanen going out, just kind of pretty much explains why the numbers have been so bad. That and also, it looks like AV was using a one-two-two last year, which kind of means the one there is the forward that goes in deep and just kind of attacks uh, the opposition, like blow their own goal line when they're trying to carry the puck out of the zone. And then the um, uh, the two-one-two apparently was just switched in the playoffs. 
uh, isn't as effective on the four check or sometimes defensemen if they have mobile blue liners are just able to kind of work around the two on two two on two a little bit easier to get out of the zone again i don't know that much about the x's and o's or like all the benefits and advantages of it but when you look back at when the switch was apparently made and how the flyers have looked you can tell a switch was made because it was around the middle of the canadian series and from like the canadian series until now the flyers have been a possession mess like they've just been pushed around the ice in the bubble uh in this season no matter when like tonight the first two periods uh the devils had three or four lengthy like they had i think they had two cycles tonight there were at least a minute i think they were both the hughes line where and i think they're both against the hayes line where they just couldn't get the puck out of the zone um and that's another that that was pretty much the point of the article though was everybody's numbers are down and obviously when you have Couturier leading the forwards in ice time and also the leader in terms of possession, you swap it in for the guy who's playing the least in Bunneman and also dragging all those numbers down. Like, obviously, they're not going to look as good out on the ice. Um, but they... I, yeah. I, like, the switch in the system is, is leading to a lot of different issues, and it kind of... I feel like a lot of the problems that we've seen now is shit that is reminiscent of the team from two years ago. But I feel like the team two years ago, without Niskanen really struggled once teams got into the zone and were able to form any kind of cycle. They were good at keeping the puck from getting into the zone. They were good at getting back and retrieving it and getting it out rather quickly if there wasn't a ton of pressure on them. But once a team gets in there and they get any, if they get five skaters in the zone, it seems like it's taking forever. The Flyers get the fuck the fuck out, which is, so Matt Niskanen really just was that great. I, for this I, team. Matt Niskanen in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it also leveled out the top pairs because now, like the other thing is there's not a lot of familiarity with all the lines out there available because Couture, Myers, and Niskanen are all gone. So, like, the only line that's been playing well was uh, Drew. Fuck. Uh, I think it was Drew. Yeah, Drew hayes Ferby, uh, who had a 74.24 expected goals, 4 percentage coming in tonight. There were one of seven lines that played 15 minutes or more coming into this game. The other six lines are all at 40% expected goals, 4 percentage or worse. So they're all doing terrible. And these were all guys that had... Some of the some of the guys last year had some of their better play driving numbers of their careers last year, and we noticed. I mean, like guys like Nak was extremely effective last year. We noticed them a lot last year, and a guy like Tyler Pitlick we noticed a lot last year too because they were just the small, fast, annoying fucks that just go deep in on the forecheck and just cause problems. And then you know that's one of the most visible things we see watching the game is guys fucking stuff up on the forecheck. So yeah. there's like, it's a lot. A lot has happened. For it to not look good for me, though, I I, I look at it like they're five two and one, and things can things can only go up. I don't know, but the way the defense has played, it really cannot get worse. They had some of the, like they were at one point in time earlier in the week had some of the worst possession numbers like in fancy stats era history. They were out there with like some of the tanking histories. We're talking about that on the forecast, so I don't see how that will continue once you get the Selkie winner back and another guy that drives play a five on five. And again, yeah, the, the five on five play is, is really, I think, the biggest concern yeah. right now because the, well, the penalty kill is not that great, but the yeah, it's not. the power play has, it, the power play has actually been an advantage for them this year. They've actually had a, a decent number of power play goals. And, yeah, uh, it's, it's irritated it, everybody, but it's, it has been scoring goals. Like, I mean, a, at least they're scoring on it. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's irritating, but at the same time, like this is why you pay James Van Riemsdyk, right? Yeah, J- James Van Riemsdyk. Every, I mean, I I remember this point last year. We were like, "Oh my god, what a waste of money!" And then, 
He's been one of the most valuable flyers offensively so far this year. This is why you pay the guy so he can screen the goal. I know a friend of the show, Mike Sealski, tried to step in and say those weren't, you know, impressive goals that he had the other night, but they were impressive goals. He was screening the goalie and deflected the puck perfectly. Jam Van Reensdyke over there. That's the the jam band is Jam Van Reensdyke that we're starting. We're going on tour after COVID. Every every, uh, jam band song is at least 25 minutes long. That's his role. It used to be easier on the band. It used to be just be 21, but now it's 25 minutes. Everybody hates it. I love that. It's the worst adjustment. <laughs> oh, it's a terrible adjustment, but it's, it's just the rules. It's, it's just what, what you it have does, to do. yeah. But, I mean, look, you need to take advantage of those. But at the same time, the 5-on-5 play is extremely concerning. And it's that downgrade. It's that downgrade from Niskanen to, to Gustafsson. And it's just kind yeah. of the domino effect from there. Yeah, no, it really, that's pretty much like, it was kind of one of those things where people knew that was the answer, but there was some other things going on, and then I just looked at, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much just the swaps of Katoria and Niskanen going out there really fuck with everybody. The the power play... It probably, it, I just had one other point I wanted oh, to make, was it, it probably doesn't help that you've got two players that really have not played that's hockey another for thing. a long period of time in Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom. Like the fact that they've looked as good as they have considering that is fantastic. And yeah. you know, Patrick's put up some points and I I'm happy about that, but you can definitely tell that the conditioning is still catching up. Mm-hmm. The pace is still catching up. There's areas where they are still behind because they should be because I mean, Oscar Limbaugh played a couple games in the playoffs, but otherwise hadn't played for most of the season after that hot start because yeah. of, you know, awful, awful, awful circumstances. And Nolan Patrick didn't play at all because of his migraines. It's just, yeah. it's going to take some adjusting, but, you know, it's tough in the meantime. It's tough in the short term uh, for these guys. And yeah. that, that affects the whole team because those are two key players and those are top nine players right there. Right. And that's a good, that's a good point that I wrote in the article too that I forgot about actually is the, um, yeah, Limblom and Patrick are being asked to help kind of make up that gap in terms of the the possession differential that the team has dropped uh, between last year and this year. And yeah, Limblom, like you were saying, he played two competitive games between mid December of 2019, yeah, nineteen, and then January twenty twenty one, and like you know beat cancer and was enduring a pandemic with the rest of us in the man- meantime. So like it wasn't exactly like he's had a lot of time to kind of hone his game. And the same with Patrick who. Like Patrick's numbers are a little bit off from Pitlick's last year, um, and they've they're both seventh in terms of ice time for forwards. But like he, it's not like he's been, I don't know, he hasn't been an atrocious out there. I mean, he's had pretty good plays, uh, but it is, it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of elements, and maybe possible rest are just not playing for almost two years is kind of impacting some of the the stuff going on early. Uh, that the power play though, uh, JVR wanted to. Uh, Figured out uh, two two goal games, the last four goal games. Now he has four goals in four games for that math. Had seven shots on goal on Tuesday as well, um, and uh, did not look great tonight. But I thought he had a, he almost had a vortex for an assist in the second period. And uh, but but yeah, Terrians I think figured out something with uh, with the JVR and the power play because it seems like they keep getting the um, the the passing across the slot twice. Slot twice is like uh, something that they need to hone in on and figure out more and they even last game the i think it was on tuesday they swung around the other way and almost got drew a goal but it starts out 
He'll start out with Drew on his usual spot. He'll throw it out to the right to Voracek in the right circle, and then Voracek is looking at Konechny on the on the on the far post. And then last game, I think it was Voracek passed it. Um, it was uh, Drew Voracek, and then Vor- Drew went to the net and almost snuck in back door, and nobody saw it. So the power, at least they're trying things. And yeah, you're you're right; they are scoring, which is right now considering how much you're getting tread on Thank a five God. on five is important. Well, they're not get, they're not getting shots on Cole. No, it's... no, this is like this is last year's playoffs on steroids. Like it's the they can't do anything at five on five. They need the power play to make up all the ground, and it's just not fun. And again, like, like who's on the New Jersey Devils? They should be getting shots against a, the goddamn New yeah, Jersey. There Devils. really I, is not. Yeah, I mean, like I get the Bruins. I get having problems with the Bruins, especially they let up a lot of goals against the Bruins. The Bruins have a lot of offensive firepower, so it makes sense, but. To give up the number of chances they were to New Jersey, to to not be getting chances against them. New Jersey had two goaltenders that aren't NHL level in there this week. The Flyers <laughs> yeah. probably should have scored 10 goals, but they weren't getting enough pressure. They weren't getting enough chances. Like, you just got to be firing away on Scott Wedgwood. Scott Wedgwood? Come on. Yeah, that was, and I think that was a big issue on Tuesday, too, was there were times they were just passing up shots. And believe me, there are two gentlemen in the greater Northeast that are not going to tell the Flyers to just shoot at all times. It's probably us. However, when you're playing Scott Wedgwood in fucking Newark and he hasn't, you know, seen pro action a little bit, I think he throws some pucks at him. Maybe test him out, see what he's all about. Uh, and they just, I'm looking at the devil's lines now. Cause I wanted to pull out a couple more names, but it really is nobody. It's like Jack Hughes. <laughs> they put them all in one line. Jack Hughes and the boys. Je- Jesper Brad, Jack Hughes, Andres Janssen. And then, uh, yeah, and then their other gotcha. line of, uh, oh, Paul Mary's pretty good, too. Yeah, Paul Mary's probably the Paul biggest. Paul Mary's good. I like yeah, Paul Mary. Paul routine uh, 25 goal scorer. That's fair. Uh, but, yeah, so special teams, yeah, power play visibly is annoying to pull out the Ron Hexel line from a couple of years ago. Uh, visibly, it is not succeeding. But uh, numerically, it's dominating. Penalty kill has been hot ass. Uh, they did not allow a uh, power play goal against tonight, but out of the first eight games, they have allowed a power play goal against in at least five of them. Uh, power back-to-back goals now without a uh, power play goal against, which is good. But still, that's uh, you know that's one of those trends from two years ago that is kind of rearing its ugly head again. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff that we thought was solved as a team. And then when you look at the issues now, you're like, oh, maybe Matt Niskanen was just an unknown temporary Band-Aid for that issue. Because, like, again, penalty kill has not been great. And the defense is struggling with getting the puck out of their own zone. Uh, And those are two, like, the two biggest things that Niskanen got credited for last year were those two. Well, you know what the solution is? The solution is to go out there and trade for an offensive defenseman because that's that's who's out there, and you just have to do it. Get Keith Yandel right now. He will solve all your penalty. Ain't problems. nobody can handle the Yandel. So if you get him on the blue line, he's Ooh. gonna he's gonna go off. Yeah. And also, well, I was gonna say we can transition to talking about another pretty offensive defenseman. Uh, if the Flyers are looking to get add somebody to the blue line, then uh. They're going to have to talk to St. Louis to get a deal done with Vince. Thank you. That was a long walk, but we got there. Uh, yeah, so Vince Dunn. <laughs> hey, fuck you. Vince Dunn, uh, 24-year-old left-hand defenseman, six foot, 203, 215 second-round pick. He has 84 points, 27 of which are goals, 230 games for the Blues since 2017-18. 
two points in six games this season, playing 16-32 a night, has 23 points, nine of which were goals in 71 games last year, playing 16-16 a night, above 50% in both uh, Corey's four percentage and expected goals four percentage in 322 minutes last year with Justin Falk. Uh, played just on the left side last year as top three uh, line mates last year, Justin Falk, Robert Bortuzzo, and Alex Petrangelo. Produces offensively, does a good job of pressing shots, really good transition numbers. I there I would add Vince Dunn. I would be a big fan of the Flyers having Vince Dunn, who is now on the trade market. Sorry, that was a long-winded way to explain Vince Dunn before saying he's on the on the trade market there. But uh, apparently, hey, for Dunn, who says no? Uh, hey, I mean third pair of guys. Third, <laughs> third pair of guys that aren't playing. You know, may as well. Uh, apparently, Dunn's. Don has been vinced uh, or has been benched by uh has been vinced. <laughs> yeah, he's been vinced. He's been vinced by a uh, former Flyers head coach uh, Craig Berube and it's in the ice for So he's been Craig a couple games. Yeah, he's been uh, yeah, he's been rubied. Uh, and then uh or the germed. Uh, and then the only thing uh Tom <laughs> down a weird hole. Tom uh yeah, Tom wrote about Vince uh, earlier in the week and pretty much just said that w- the one thing you can really uh, knock down Vince Dunn for is uh, he has had some really, really bad one-on-one gaffes. And uh, he had one, I think it was earlier this year already, where uh, Carl Grundstrom of the uh, Kings just walked by him on a pretty routine one-on-one play. But uh, outside of that, I don't know. I think I like Vince Dunn, and I would put him um, in the top six. But again... I mean, Steve, if Myers is going to possibly be coming back this weekend, is there an is there an urgency to trade for a defenseman? Especially with what we've seen out of Ghost. I don't know if there's any need to go out. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this team is, you know, everything's A-OK this right now. This team is perfect. And, like, you know, I did just see the 10 half-hour cycles against uh, the Flyers uh, there in this game tonight. But, you know, again, left-handed guy. Uh not really known as a shutdown defenseman. Like, those are... I don't know. I, I, I think about the Niskan loss a lot, and I don't... Like, losing a right, losing your top defenseman on the right side is a big loss for any team, and the Flyers did that unexpectedly. Uh, so it, it, it's a huge hole to fill just as is, and it's going to be really hard to find a guy that's really going to be able to bring everything that Niskanen brought while also not being like easily accessible if it's not going to cost a, a crap ton of cap space or a lot of assets to acquire them. So like I like Vince Dunn, but I don't know if we're ever going to get to quite what we had with Matt Niskanen last year, just because I don't know how the Flyers would get a Matt Niskanen mm-hmm. right now. I don't think, I don't know who's out there. Well, I was going to say, we were talking there about is anybody yeah. because uh, Ryan or Justin Braun is not, that guy no. as we and like we're talking about painfully saw we're talking about jason damaris who might just be justin brown or justin brown currently in arizona so like uh and like uh, who's the other davis Savard is like the only guy who might be able to do that and there's that's just because he's a, a right-handed shot with size but that niskan just did a lot i mean we all saw it niskan and radko gudis that's that's radko. what we have to get did you see radko goose did you see the goal this week Against the Panthers, where Racco Gudis was laying on his stomach, sliding towards the wall, and the puck went oh, underneath. No. The Amex special. <laughs> the puck went underneath his skates and through Bob's five hole. And I was just like, "Man, that is, 
that goal, if they were, they, you know, those timelines didn't match up. We never got to see Gouda's defend in front of Bob. But if we did, man, that goal would happen at least four or five times against the Flyers. Like that that oh, right absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yeah, like the Twitter Twitter would have melted down mainly because of South Philly just screaming at their TVs or tweeting at their TVs. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it would have been. I mean, just look at the difference between the Flyers of a few years ago and now. The biggest difference is, you remember how often the Flyers would score themselves? Like, Flyers defensemen would either have just blatant defections <laughs> or they they just flat out shoot it into their own net. I feel like that was happening left and right a couple of years ago. And, th- like, that's the greatest testament for the difference in the defense now is that that's not happening as much. I'm going to knock on wood yeah. for that one. Oh boy. But it's it's really a world of difference there. I mean it's it's not great right now, but it's certainly better than that. How great would it be though that like if Prosser how old is Prosser? Like fifty five now? He's gotta have like maybe one more NHL game in him. What if he plays on Saturday and he has to like bring the puck out from behind the net and like just starts bringing it up, gets like five feet in front of Hart and casually just turns around and rips one top shelf. Like, just a big fuck you to the Flyers, and he just scores on us. And then, like, does, like, the Briere, like, grabs the ice, and then just skates off, and then he's just done. Like, that's his NHL career. That's just beautiful. I would right be, there. If that was the way he went out, that would be talked about around the world. That's the greatest retirement ever, right there. I don't think it's never been done, I'll say that much. I, I, I don't think it's ever done. <laughs> I hope not. Actually, I hope it has. I think so. we would have known if it happened. Hey, we absolutely like, if somebody... Yeah. Had a ridiculous uh, self goal <laughs> and then celebrated, over celebrated, yeah, <laughs> or celebrated at all is an over celebration. They just show Av on the bench. He's just like smirking. He's like, ah, oh, that's Nate. Yo, know, what are you? What are you gonna do? That's Nate. <laughs> that's Nate, dog. Yeah, Ghost coming back really does make a difference, and Myers coming back is gonna be huge. And then, yeah, the the need to trade for somebody is certainly lessened by that. Uh, I wish there was a way to get rid of Braun, frankly, because I just, he's so goddamn slow. Yeah. Oh, no, he is. Yeah. No. And he was, I, I didn't, you've been down on Pro Ralph Braun the whole time, and I have not been excited about it, but man, he's, uh, he's fucking underperformed whatever I expected. Whatever atrocity I think we all expected to see out of Braun. I think, at least in terms of controlling the puck, it just has not been there. And uh, he just doesn't look good out there either. He just looks, he does look slower, I think. He looks, I don't know. Yeah, Something happened between the pause last year and when they came back that, I, I don't know, Braun just and, hasn't okay. been the same. I, he, yeah. he had a mediocre level of speed before the pause, and ever since then he has just been abysmally slow. Yeah. Uh, I some yeah something with the pause because that just altered a lot of stuff like the Niskanen and Braun stuff and then I really do think there's something to the train camp and conditioning and then also the the systems part because they have looked they may have switched that system because the guys came in after four months of not being you know doing whatever they're not in game shape so it's just kind of like a weird I don't know situation but yeah that. God damn it. And that it's still pause. different. They're, I think that's something you still have to account for. I mean, obviously, they're they're slower than a lot of the other teams yeah, yeah. right now are playing under the same conditions. But they they don't have the same access to the facilities yeah. that they did before. They're not practicing as often. They did not have the preseason, really. I, they had one game, intra-squad game, and that was pretty much it. 
and they had a very brief training camp. So you do have that explanation that some of the, there's definitely a lot of factors going into some of the, the conditioning issues with this team. Some of the, the slow slowness that you've seen. Yeah. There, there are definitely a lot of things happening uh, now, in that regard. I will say, though, this is tonight is not what you want to say every night, but in terms of first two periods kind of close, and then when the Flyers had the lead, they clamped things down the third, which was the blueprint for last year. Uh, they did do that this year. It's just the first two periods. You don't want to see that as the first two periods, and then the third, they seem to be more uh, the aggressor than let the play come to them. Cause I think like last year when I felt like, you know, the training camp would have been beneficial and everything, they were making plays on the four check and being aggressive that way. And they were the ones, uh, taking play of the other team, but now it feels like they might be a little more passive. Um, and you know, that's, this is all just, that's not hard concrete facts there. That's just uh, speculative. So we'll see how that develops over time. We'll see if, I mean, if they switch it back to a one, two, two, well, we should notice cause they should be causing, you know, there should be more problems for the other team in their own zone, but that will, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that issue then. I, I think defensemen, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fine with who they have now. And I, I, I just think it's a weird, it's just a weird spot, all things considered, because this is going to be a thing that the big question is just if you want assets to, you want to burn assets for a guy, you're going to play for maybe only around like 40 games. And then you're probably going to lose him in the expansion draft. Uh, and I don't know with the, the way the team looks now, I don't know if this is a cup winning team this year. So it wouldn't be the smartest idea to just go out and burn assets for a guy that isn't going to be on your team next year for a postseason that isn't going to result in anything. And I'm not saying that the Flyers aren't going to do anything. They're not going to win now if they don't make it. It's just, uh, I mean, it has not been pretty. It's been eight games, so they won't five, but it has not been encouraging. <laughs> it's been a rough start. It's been a rough start, yeah. Well, the four offense has been bad, too. I talked about the play drive runners for that. Uh, and then... Um, Drew scored his first goal tonight, at least. Uh, Drew had been playing pretty well. He was the only – him and Fairby were the only two players that had a positive differential in their expected goals for percentage between this year and last year. Had a pretty good shift tonight to set up that goal. Got to the front of the net and got set up by Gus. Um, and the fourth line played pretty well tonight. Uh, Ralph Bonham and Annie Kay. Uh, Fairby, Lawton, Limblom, 39.11 expected goals for percentage, two goals against. Uh, they also had a goal. Uh, and then uh, JVR Hayes-Borchek had a pretty bad uh, puck, puck possession night. Yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that was tonight. Yeah, I'll shout 34 that's, to 17. That's a sadly <laughs> not surprising, but, you know, still disappointing result for that. Oh, line. yeah, no, it was. Oh, we haven't even talked about Hart, by the way. Hart, that might be the most important thing, too. Let's talk about, let's talk about the man who, despite all his rage, he's still just a rat in the cage. <laughs> Carter Hart. <laughs> who got so pissed off at the end of that Bruins game that he broke his stick. This is the calm, cool, and collected Carter Hart had finally cracked because the Flyers defense. That's how bad Flyers just... defense is. Made our poor, sweet, innocent child Carter Hart freak the fuck out in public and just break. Freak out yeah. and learn Smashing Pumpkin songs <laughs> on his guitar. That was my favorite factoid. I think uh, Charlie had tweeted that out yeah. from... Uh, an interview uh, or presser with uh, Carter Hart. And that was, uh, you know, <laughs> if I couldn't love Carter Hart more, 
he had to go and say and throw out the fact that he's learning smashing pumpkin songs song that is older than oh Carter my god Hart. it is yeah yeah what is he doing yeah. listening to smashing pumpkins shouldn't be listening i don't know to, but uh, i love it i love it what do the kids listen to these days it's a one i have uh, no idea one direction he'd be learning one direction on guitar I don't know if that's something you learn on guitar, my friend. I don't know. I don't know what the kids are doing. Yeah, but he's learning. He's learning some quality friggin' music right there. And cheers to you for that, Carter Hart. Let's let's get drunk and uh, talk to Billy Morgan. Music at a bar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, there was well, there was a there was a bar I was going to. You know, back when you went to bars and oh, it's uh, one in Old City. I think it was Glory Beer Bar. Uh, the guy just had a bunch of vinyl behind the bar, and he just like. You know, just play whatever. Oh, dude, that <laughs> the sounds... whole time was fantastic. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Fergie's? Yeah, I, think, I kept going to Fergie. No, it wasn't Fergie. Okay, but I've been to Fergie. Okay, that is a place. That's real, right? Yeah, yeah that okay. is a place. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, so I've been there a couple times. Yeah, Carter Hart though. Yeah, let's Carter talk about Carter Hart finding his Zen center and uh, look pretty good tonight. Can we talk about him beating the show that sick though? I mean, he took that thing to task. That was you usually get yeah. like one good crack. You cracking in half the goalie's like oh, i look like an idiot he was like no fuck this this is the only time i'm gonna break a stick maybe ever he was studying some old ron hextall yeah that was that he got like i think he had three tomahawk like chops over the top of the net like just hammer throws right down on there uh and then uh decided to toss the end of it just down the ice when he's done so that was i mean he got it out he was done it was it was good for him uh good to get i get it out. yeah i i would I would have been, in, I get pissed off over, not, like, I broke a bowl in my house today and I, I threw shit, like, cause I was so pissed <laughs> off that I accidentally broke that bowl. <laughs> uh, uh, 33 or 34 and, uh, coming into tonight, he allowed four goals or more in his last three outings, which is very, not like Hart. Uh, and he did not have, he had a couple good saves tonight, but it was not the usual, I mean, the Flyers just outshot by a lot. The Flyers had eight shots through the first two periods. Or shot outshot twenty four to eight, uh, and he did have a couple big. Um, the goal, I don't. I mean, the first goal, I wouldn't really put on um, him. The only goal, I mean, because uh, it was more on Gustafson. I think uh, it was. Oh, he got completely. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was just an ugly play. Yeah, like he, it was both lines were changing, and uh, the only person walking into the zone was Damon Severson. I don't think Severson, I, I mean, he can't score from that far out as is, but he also hit the inside of the far post, which is also, I feel like one of those shots that was just kind of hard for. I, I don't want to give him an excuse. Like, he should have had that. G- Gus did give him a lot of space to shoot that puck and also. Changed the uh, trajectory when it was released too, though. So Gus is continuing his stellar play in the defensive zone. But again, like we said, Just two assists. Best. Yeah, he's gonna be. It's gonna be a fucking ride. He really might actually be what people think Ghost is. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred like percent. Like it's gonna be, or whatever the hell Ghost was uh, last year. But that's uh, we'll see. We'll see how that develops. It's uh, bad. It's yeah. real bad. I I thought he looked better. I I think he's got a. Again, just kind of find his way again. That was it was a rough stretch right there. It was a rough no, stretch. It was. Those are going to happen for for every goalie. Yeah, and he's had them before, but like not. Uh, and he's rebounded pretty well because this is the this is what we're this is why we were excited about him too. Is because not only is he good, uh, he seems to handle the mental aspect of the game pretty well. So he got a day off, uh, came out, and did pretty well tonight. Well, this is why I'm thankful that they have a stable backup mm. in moose brian elliott 
who can step in there for games like that and really, you know, step up to the plate and, and have a solid game. I, I thought he was really good on Tuesday on uh, the game on Tuesday. Yeah. And he was obviously great last week when he had the shutout. And Moose is just, he's that stabilizing presence back there, and that's what you want from your backup. Yeah, and, and he has, I think he's been exactly that the last two years, like you were saying. Um, and I want to let's talk about the stats from that game, or at least some of the other talking points. I wanted to talk about Saturday's loss to the Bruins, because that, uh, that was not good. Uh, power play, two goals, of both JVR, uh, his second two-goal game in a three-game span. So he's, he's doing all right recently. Uh, and... He was the only flyer to Voracek was the only flyer last season uh, to have a two power play goal game, and he did it twice. Uh, had one in Edmonton, that Edmonton loss, and then two power play goals in the game five loss to uh, Montreal. Flyers only gave up one power play, um, only second game this season without a power play goal against, and now they have three. Uh, and nine times last year, the Flyers did not have a power play called or have a penalty called against them, uh, or one penalty called against them or less. Uh, so that's uh. Pretty disciplined game for them, which they need to do if they are going to decide to start letting in a power play goal a game. Uh, you know, they got to kind of not keep going to the box. So, those are the easiest ways yeah, to, uh, yeah, easiest ways to avoid these issues. It's just they're a lot easier said than done. You know, if the PK sucks, don't take penalties. Uh, if you can't stop cycling against you, break up the plays at the blue line or retreat the puck pretty quickly. But uh, it just seems like. That was something I remember saying a lot back in 2018-19 because it did seem like they did all right at breaking plays up the blue line. They did have speed on the blue line to go get the pucks quickly back there, but then when teams caught you in between, they just they couldn't get the puck back. So I uh, don't like seeing that. But uh, Drew had three assists on, uh, on Tuesday. 57th uh, regular season game with three points or more. First since he had a three-point game against the Caps on February 8th of uh, 2020. That was a 7-2 win in Washington. Um, and, uh, like, it's been a main story of the week, but he did also pass Bobby Clark for most games as Flyers captain. We also talked about in the forecast. Uh, he's now has 612 games as Flyers captain. Uh, Clark had the record at 610. Provorov had three points, his fifth career three-point game. And, Steve, I thought this was interesting to note. Uh, of those five three-point games, Provorov had one in 16-17, and then the other three came in 17-18, when Ghost was his, uh, on his pair for almost the whole season. And then his fifth one came on Tuesday mm. when Ghost was his lineman. So it's almost like... Makes you think. It's almost like Froroff and Ghost make some sweet, sweet fucking offensive music when they're together. And maybe <laughs> maybe that'll just, you know, maybe we can use that as a top pair. I don't know. I that You know, maybe. Who just knows? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? And again, they did drive play. Uh, the other two pairs. San- Sanheim Freeman, again... They had, uh, when they were on the ice, uh, they saw nine shots, and the Flyers saw six of them at 5-on-5, five five, and they had a 71.05 expected goals for percentage. So they, they got scored on, but they dominated play outside of the goal against. Uh, and then Hagen Braun. I thought it was interesting that Friedman ended up being the kind of, I guess he was the subject of, I, people who really rely on the eye test didn't seem to like Friedman's game. I can, because he's not big. Like, there is, I test-wise, I'm not in love with Freeman yet. I, I think Freeman right now, to me, is just kind of a weird guy to obsess over. I don't know. Like, because he is, the people that write for our site that like the AHL, uh, like, I think Brad and Matty uh, like him a lot. 
But watching the eye test, he's just not a big overpowering physical guy and doesn't do a ton of splashy things offensively. So he's just a guy I want to see more of. He's got good numbers, uh, but I want to see I want to see him actually play more because also I think him being on him being right handed is a big deal too. But he did physically, I guess he just wasn't that great on Tuesday. Um, he is somebody that can get overpowered physically, but again, they seem to keep the puck, you know in the offensive end for most of the most of the time but freeman has had i don't tuesday i don't think he was i don't know i don't know how i don't remember how bad freeman was on tuesday he's had moments this year uh i mean he had a couple really bad moments in boston outside of him getting his face smashed uh, by marshan but he had just a couple bad decisions and uh, i got i just remember one really bad like pickpocket where he just didn't even know the guy was behind him i just saw a couple of people who you know they don't tend to be stats guys yeah saying just free get freeman out of here like he's not this isn't yeah this isn't working it's probably also because you know it's interesting that there's a disparity between some eye test people and well advanced numbers on freeman i mean my whole thing with freeman and braun i if they're looking for braun they're probably happy with prosser and i just because i feel like more times than not eye test people rely a lot on the on physicality which is fine like that's a huge element of the game but that would be a pretty good reason for why, like, what the difference was between Freeman and Braun. Because, again, those Freeman and Sanheim lived in the offensive zone uh, and had a goal against. Hag and Braun also had a goal against uh, in 745 of work. Had uh, They were on the ice for six shots total. The Flyers only had one of them, and they had a 25.38 expected goals for percentage. So they were just in the defensive zone the entire time. So, like, that could be another thing where... Freeman and Sanheim were in the offensive zone the whole time. They come down the defensive zone. One of the few plays that was against them was the goal against. And uh, Hag and Brown are probably going to be in the defensive zone most of the night. So you're going to get you're going to go up a lot more opportunities to see them block shots, break up passes, and get pucks out of the defensive zone because they can't get the puck out of the defensive zone. Like they're not moving the puck anywhere. That's all I want for my defense. They're just yeah. They're just to stay. Yeah, exactly. I just want to see them set up all in that their, end zone, end in their own zone, <laughs> making defensive. Yeah, plays. that's right. That's all I want. I'm a big X's and O's guy. I don't care about points. Don't give me highlights or shots on goal. Block some shots. Get a stick in the passing lane. That's what I'm here for. Make some gifts about that. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, That was Tuesday's game. Stephen. Uh, I don't have any other uh, tidbits on that, but... No other tidbits. No other tidbits. No other little bits of fun, trivia, or knowledge, uh, but... Uh, do you have a good segue? Uh, I I, I want to give the segue range back to you because I've been... <laughs> yeah. The Flyers are having trouble finding a shutdown defenseman. Now, what is shutting down <laughs> is NBCSN <laughs> at the end of the year. Why? So when I started taking over, why weren't you just like, hey, buddy, this is golden. Why don't you just let me stay on the segue? I, like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to wheeze my way in there, you know. You're just, no, here's the thing. You were just doing it. Oh, okay, that's fair. I just slowly... It was just yeah. a slow power move. Okay, my bad on that. I'm a pretty strong, muscular guy, you know. So it just happens every once in a while. So you work yeah, out, you know. Yeah, that's uh But yes, like Steve was saying, uh, NBCSN calling it quits. Uh, they're shutting that shit down at the end of uh, 2021. This is, of course, according to they could to... not survive without Doc Emmerich. It's, they went a couple months that's without actually, Doc Emmerich, yeah. and like oh, shut it, shut it down. <laughs> John Taffer came in. He was like, Barr! and then they shut it down. And that's where's the... Doc Emmerich? <laughs> <laughs> that is he's the most trusted voice in hockey scale one to ten six being the highest if john taffer replaced doc emmerich how how happy would you be 
I think it would be Negative funny five. for I think it would be funny for a game, and then I'll be like, all right, we can we can stop doing it. It would be it would be funny for a period. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Second, like late second period when there's not a lot of action, he probably run out of stuff to say, or we'd have to hear about like some shitty fucking Denny's in like Louisville that didn't clean their kitchen well enough or something, and then he had to like go in there and yell at them, or I don't know. Uh, but uh, according to NBC, uh, NBC Universal, the NBC I said he's going to Denny's now. <laughs> You don't know that. There's a lot of people doing stuff out there we don't know right now. You know Small somebody... Small chain rescue. <laughs> Actually, it's Mom, pop, chain. pressure. Whatever. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Shut it down. <laughs> All right, so NBCSN the, the actual shutting network, down the actual network at the is end of 2021. Yeah. So uh, not the or entire by the end of 2021. Not the entire, not all the NBCS local channels, just the actual NBCSN channel. Uh, and what this means is all NHL and NASCAR program uh, programming or games will be shifted over to the USA Network over time. Uh, all English Premier League soccer and other sports to Peacock. Uh, and the decision to shut down the network uh, was based on the uh, financial situation, which, of course, was created by COVID. Uh, and uh, just to kind of highlight how big of a deal this is, the Flyers have already played two of their games on NBCSN this season, and they have nine more appearances on the channel before the end of this regular season and also uh, the history of the channel though too I wanted to talk about because uh, I did not know OLN was that old. Uh, they started in 1995 became versus into, holy shit yeah became versus I had no idea <laughs> yeah then uh, NHL was on OLN for one year in 0506 then verse renamed to versus in 0607 and then uh, versus became NBCSN in January of 2012 uh, according to sean shapiro who is uh now a national writer at the athletic uh uh he pretty much just talked i'm just gonna read the blurbs that he had here uh, for the nhl this comes at a fascinating time in the short term the nhl moving from nbc and the usa is actually a positive for the league usa is in more homes 86.2 million to 80.6 isn't that sad isn't that kind of crazy that that is hell on popular hockey uh and has more viewers in the That's... long term it, it just it, the the entire handling of the NHL nationally and everything over the last year has just been terrible. And I mean, I didn't know what USA was doing anyway right now, so we might as well like yeah. What is it? The twelfth season of Suits or something? <laughs> Slug's probably coming back. I know character. I believe characters are still welcomed. I don't know if they still are. We'll, we'll have to check that out. I have no idea what the fuck they're. They have Unlike some wrestling the NHL, stuff where. They don't like characters. Yeah, no characters. They don't care for characters. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of ironic that they are going to go to the NBA. Should be on TNT. NBA probably is the most exciting player. NFL has some pretty good ones too, though. But yeah, and NHL very boring. Not NBA not actually the... celebrates their exciting personalities. Yeah, exactly. As opposed yeah. to they would... stifling them in every opportunity. <laughs> oh God. Uh, and in the long term, this could come into play with the NHL's expiring deal with NBC at the end of the 2020-21 season. If the NHL is going to stick with NBC as its sole partner uh, in the next national deal, Peacock will almost certainly be involved. This also puts the NHL in a spot where it could be could better facilitate a second national TV partner similar to the deal the NBA has with multiple national providers. I think that's the route they should go. Fox, I was, bring back I the globe was literally thinking about it. like I was thinking about the Fox because. It was Fox and ESPN at the same time, was it not? I think it like uh, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, couldn't you just do... And this was before ESPN was purchased by Disney, and 
ABC became part of oh, any yeah. package deal with ESPN. Oh, man, those old ABC broadcasts. Holy shit, I forgot about those. Well, that was like the 04 playoffs, I think, around then. Well, because uh, it, 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 them, yeah. it became a big deal for ABC once they started, you know, once they had ESPN, you know, content and everything in production. And before that, I don't even remember what ABC show for sports. <laughs> NBC was actually a, a pretty big sports name. And then, you know. Yeah. Well, they used to. We are. Yeah, they used to have NBA. That was a great song. Way too long ago. Yeah. But that's way what. Way too long ago. Uh, that's my. I'm interested thought. to see what happens. Yeah. I, that, this is big news. Uh, and because I think you can't, you can't, you can't do Peacock. Like you, that can't be. No, the, Peacock sucks. Have you tried? You using also Peacock? just can't have the streaming service be. No, I have not. But like you. Oh, it's you, it's yeah. It's not good. <laughs> oh, is like, it really? <laughs> it is a clunky. It, well, it's just clunky. It's clunky as all hell. The interface, like, I, it, it just I could go on a whole. I could talk probably for twenty five minutes about how lousy Peacock's interface is. <laughs> And the thing is, like, they have a lot of good content, a lot of good stuff to watch. They have The Office, they have Parks and Rec. A lot of it's free with ads, which is cool. I think more streaming services should do stuff like that. But I I do not want NHL games on there. And it, believe me, sports are so hard to stream already. I mean, you've got illegal streams, you've got legal streams. Frankly, I feel like there's so many blips where you miss stuff because of the streaming issues oh, in yeah. the first place. It's... It's tough. No, it really to watch a lot of sports live, and also there's always the diff. We run into this all the time when we're recording the differing times on a cable broadcast, a antenna broadcast, a streaming broadcast. What service are you using? When I use my, I have FiOS, so I have a a FiOS app. When I stream on that, it's as live as it is on the TV yeah. on the the cable box. But if I stream through the NBC SN app. <laughs> It's like a minute or two delay. Yeah, no, it if was not more. Yeah, I that is a that is a huge annoying factor. I mean, when I used to live in D.C., I remember that was that was a whole thing. I was I was trying to watch a game and like look at my look on Twitter, and I had every single goal reeled for like the 2015-16 season. I think it was just every single time my feed was just it was always like a minute behind too. So like in overtime, oh, yeah. I, I don't even know why I looked at my phone sometimes in overtime. Like I, I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Twitter. I can't go in the slack during some games. If I'm, oh, if yeah. I'm streaming it to my tablet, I, I watch a lot of games on my tablet now, to be honest, because it's not a bad idea. I'll, yeah, because like, I'll still want to watch something with, with M who's not, you know, she, she likes watching, but it's not, not her number one focus. She doesn't want to be as tuned in as right. I am. Yeah. She's so normal. A lot of yeah. the times she's a normal person. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the times I'll, I'll be watching games on my tablet on my lap and have like a, an earphone in or something just to, to listen to JJ. Yeah. And yeah, I'm good. I, I have a delay most of the time when I'm watching it that way. So I can't really stay in the slack. I can't really look at the live tweets as they're coming in. And you will see it with some of my tweets where it comes in late. It's because I likely, you know, had a delay in the stream or something. Yeah. Uh, but I had, I think I had a late reaction gift to Nolan Patrick scoring the other night because I had a snafu in the kitchen I had to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> a different situation. I, uh, I think I did see the, uh, the late. I, I have, you've been on a, uh, you've been on a Sopranos rant with the, the tweets, by the way, the, uh, the gifts. I've enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I did Sopranos uh, the one day, and then I did a, a Mad Men. Theme That's right, you did Mad Men. Uh, one day, who'd you do? Yeah. What'd you do tonight? Again. I didn't have a theme tonight. I just did a, a couple different ones. I was gonna, I, uh... Sometimes I have a theme. Sometimes I don't. You know, I, I, it depends. I like to have a theme when they're getting blown out because I'm not having fun otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that would be the thing. Yeah, Saturday night. So there's definitely a theme on Saturday because that was yeah uh, yeah that was not cool. Yeah. yeah. Not great. Now with NBCSN, I have a lot of mixed emotions about them Light shutting honest, down yeah. because on the one hand. NBC was a good partner for the NHL at a time when ESPN had kind of spurned them completely. I mean, ESPN had really shuffled hockey to the bottom of the rotation uh, back around 2004, whenever that deal expired. And it it was just not a priority on the network. You could tell it was just not in any way a priority. So NBC came in and did treat them as priority for the most part, but there were times where you're just sitting there stunned at the fact that, like, there's not an NHL game on. Like, I was talking to you at the beginning of this. Thankfully, NHL TV has the Oilers <laughs> yeah, game as their free game. But if it wasn't for that, I was, I'd was i be watching basketball right now because there's a basketball game on TNT. And Don't, I feel like there's always a basketball an amazing game on point. TNT. That is an amazing point because I, I did start doing that last year. Uh, I've been doing it the last couple of years, but whenever we record on a Wednesday or Thursday, I th- I always end up putting it on TNT because they actually have games on TV, and it's not you know a random hockey game that isn't on NBCSN. There's one on TNT, or there's another one on like ESPN. There's that's what the league should do, especially when you're a league like the NHL, where if you if you didn't tell a person that doesn't watch hockey what the main channel that hosts hockey is. They wouldn't have a fucking clue. But like the same thing with the NBA, they could at least list a couple channels that they're on. Like they they have to get more eyes on the sport still, and it ain't gonna fucking happen if you go from being on TV to being on an app. Like you're just gonna lose fans that already like the sport and don't know that there's a huge TV deal going on, and are just like, well, I'm not gonna fucking pay for Peacock or whatever, or you know, all this. I I just don't know how they can. I don't know enough about like the TV industry to have any kind of clue what the hell they're going to go towards. Like, could CBS get involved or is it like Fox ESPN? Like what, ch- like what channel? Do I, you any think? of them yeah. could conceivably get involved. Like I, I think I, ESPN... I know big networks always like to have sports in their back pocket. Uh, yeah. ESPN would probably, but I don't know, maybe ESPN See, says fuck you when the NHL comes back. But the, but ESPN got involved with, uh, with the, well, no, what I was going to say was what was the tournament they did? The World like Cup of Hockey in 2016-17. World Cup of Hockey. ESPN was their partner for the World Cup of Hockey. So maybe because of that, ESPN is interested in a deal this time. I think the, the smartest thing would do, to do would be to do an NFL, NBA type thing where you split it amongst a couple networks, you know, like Fox and ESPN, CBS and ESPN, something like that. I think you should get ESPN involved, even though, again, they kind of, you know, they really treated hockey very poorly. Like yeah. way back when, but they're the biggest name in sports. And even if you are on ESPN 8, the Ocho, it's still probably more exposure than you're wow. getting on NBCSN. Also, if you're ESPN and uh, you are laying off everybody left and right, uh, maybe you want to get some more original programming on there that are sports and isn't like, I don't know, like Jax or fucking Ping Pong or something. And is maybe something a little more. Cornhole. Could, they are actually 
streaming cornhole. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. showing cornhole, and it is so. I not think you know really something that you would watch on TV. <laughs> Who would have thought? How many advanced stats cornhole analysts do you think there are? Like, how many weirdos dozens. do you think? Dozens, if not tens. <laughs> Just maybe, lowering maybe it. Maybe a dozen. I, I that might even be, well. I don't know. There's a lot of farmland in this country. I, I, I don't know I what the flyover state is doing. I can't even fathom. Yeah. I can't even fathom what an advanced step for <laughs> bag rotations per chuck would be like one. Well, you know, Jack Dempsey here is really <laughs> good at Dempsey. getting it. He, he's the king of on the board shots. You know, he doesn't go for the hole every time. And but that's a benefit for him because he always gets it on the board. And that is just a value play right there. <laughs> Bobby the bagger Smith walking up. <laughs> he hasn't missed a shot in years. Carl the carpetbagger. <laughs> carpetbagger. Got a good old match of the carpetbaggers against the scallywags coming up. It's going to be a real barn burner. <laughs> it's fucking scallywags. <laughs> Get all these burns that just don't make any fucking sense anymore. I'm all about it. All right, uh, Steve. Well, back to the real. I mean, back to the biggest sport in the world, hockey. Uh, a couple big. The stories biggest sport in the world. That is. Probably going to be shown on like uh, AC. Oh man, AC TV is probably how you. You know, one more point actually, <laughs> and it's not because of TV. But uh, True if TV you... is going to be talking about this all night. <laughs> if you, uh, maybe they can't spread it out because then, if one of those channels backs out, they just like the NHL loses additional programming. So rather than spread it out between two or three different channels and maybe lo- lose one of those. Have like each channel that's invested not be as invested because they're one third of the investment than one channel. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? No, that doesn't make any sense, does it? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I don't know. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. All, all I know is I I just hope this doesn't. I know it, I, we've been told it won't affect the regional ones, but the regional NBCSNs have had a lot of cuts themselves recently. Yeah. And I know sports media in general is going through that, but. I don't know. It's it's interesting for the local ones because they've cut a lot of great people a lot the past year. Yeah, uh, like all yeah. financial reasons too. Those people are not underperforming, so uh, it will be. Yeah, as of right now, it sounds like they. It, it's really if the con if the deal was not at the end of this season, it would not be as as much speculation. Yeah. Or as much curiosity as to what's going to come next season. So, still time to figure it out, and we'll definitely hear more along the way. But uh, as for current news, a couple big news stories this week in the league. Uh, one of them was uh, Patrick Line finally traded. Steve, uh, Patrick Line. Speaking about the theme of this episode, yeah. ugly but effective. <laughs> Man, you were sitting on that one for a while. <laughs> Patrick Line and Jack Rosovic to the. Uh, I put this down wrong in the uh, the sheet, but I said the Winnipeg. But they're going. Patrick, yeah, they got traded to away the from the Winnipeg Blue Jackets, Jackets to the Columbus Hockey Blue Jackets to the Columbus Hockey Blue Jackets for Pierre Luc Hockey playing Dubois and a 2022nd third. Uh, Rosovic, I think, was expected to play tonight. He also signed a two-year deal on Saturday with a total value of 3.8 million. Uh, he will be an RFA in the summer of 2023. And also, forgot to put down notes for this trade. But anyway, I mean, it's. It's a pretty big trade, and I think it's a pretty big trade, and it's it's kind of even, but not yeah, totally. It's, it's a well, it's a weird one because really Line is one. the flashier stat guy, but Dubois is 
he's certainly the more versatile player being a center. He's the guy with, I think, a better reputation, definitely with the he's a better two-way player. Yeah. Better two-way player, a, a guy that a lot of people wanted as soon as he was made available through Tortorella's fit or whatever happened there. Yeah. Uh, pretty much every team was calling up the Blue Jackets saying, uh, yo, what's up, bro? <laughs> I'm not sure how likely either player is to stay where they were traded. Yeah, that is the uh, that's the interesting thing because now the big issue is whether or not Lining is going to sign in Columbus. These have to be the two most boring markets in the well, NHL. Well, also right? my favorite part of this trade is like now you just have to get Line A to sign in Columbus. You know, a team that just uh, had their best player tr- traded away because he didn't want to stay there, and also. Panarin didn't want to stay there, and also Duchesne didn't want to stay there, and also Bobrovsky didn't stay there, and also Ryan Johansson had problems with John Tortorella way back that people forget about now. So it's kind of like maybe and there was always Jeff Carter back in the day, with yeah, Nash, yeah. So and that was, but then those guys were even before Tortorella. So like that's it's kind of been Columbus has been. You know, it's been pretty boring for a while. They've been a city close it's to Cleveland. It's almost like it's a weird place to have an NHL franchise. <laughs> yeah, they've been... like, when Cleveland's the more exciting option. Columbus. Almost Cleveland. <laughs> I, I have no idea why Columbus was... The, I, I'm sure there's uh, a whole story I don't know about this, but uh, it's just... It's got to be the oddest city for an NHL franchise. I don't know. Like, there are some cities that just, like... The MLS is also in Columbus, and I know they're also in San Jose. I don't... I also have a, I, I don't know what's going on with some of these cities where they're just like, yeah, we're setting up shop right here. I don't know. Yeah. What about Columbus? Well, the MLS is just like, y- hey, you want a franchise? Yeah, cool. They're going to be setting up in like Iowa soon. So, uh, Patrick, I mean, we'll see if Liney stays, but, uh, and I, I got to be honest with you, Liney does not come off as a guy that's going to exactly uh, get along with Tortorella. <laughs> I mean, it no, seems like no, it's No, I, I be... thought this was a disaster as soon as I heard about this yeah. trade. Like, I thought, there's no way this is going to work out well. I honestly think he's getting traded before the deadline. Oh, so you think... Uh, they could. I, I mean, they could. If I that. was the Blue Jackets, I would just go ahead, and if I don't sign him by the deadline, I'm flipping his ass. I mean, that could be... They did also get Roslevic. Which is not like in any way to say, hey, if you trade away Patrick Line, at least you got Jack Rosovic to lean on. But I'm saying they could get keep him and then whatever they get from the line A trade, and then you you got rid of a disgruntled player and got like five or six assets in return. I mean, that's not yeah. that wouldn't be the worst way to go about it. Um, but then I think it becomes a thing of if you're doing that, you have like even if he has not been a bad coach recently, like something's up with Tortorella. Like, I don't know. Like that would mean so if with John Tortorella, <laughs> something's up with like, John Tortorella. You don't say, Steve. I'm going to say this, and I know it's going to be recorded, but I just, I don't, I think some people don't like John Tortorella, and I just had to get that. Oh, out you're, you're taking a trip down to the hot takery to go yeah. stretch out. Let your me neck stand to up. Let me stand up and puff out my chest while I say this. John Tortorella. No, I. But like, if Lion A is also like, you know what? Fuck the city. I hate this team too. At the end of the year, it's a lot of players that just do want to be in Columbus and the, the you know the NHL still has teams in Calgary and Winnipeg and you know places that people generally don't want to be in and uh they're still you know they're not leaving at the same clip that they are Columbus Connor McDavid signed with Edmonton for the rest of eternity yeah, yeah I mean Connor yeah Connor McDavid I mean I I feel like if I was him and 
the Oilers won the draft lottery, knowing that he's Connor McDavid, he should have just been like, no, do do it again. I'm not I'm not going to Edmonton. Can you not make me go to Edmonton? I'm Connor McDavid. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, nobody would have blamed him. Yeah, really. I think like Bill Daly would have looked around. And he's like, all right, we'll reshuffle the cards here. Hold. The thing about McDavid that still gets me is he could have made more money on that deal. I don't understand why he why? didn't just get whatever the NHL equivalent of a max deal is. Oh, because he's and team now players, nobody dude. can go above him. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> you know, like, dude, and nobody can go above that. So that is the de facto uh, ceiling right now, unless yeah, he you know, really uh... better comes along, which that's saying a lot because he's freaking amazing. Yeah, Connor McDavid. Speaking of the whole personality thing, not really helping. Uh... Helping that case with his bland ass house and no personality, and also setting the bar so people can't make more money. Just seems like a real boring ass guy. The good, like, yeah, he should have gotten anti LeBron. Should have gotten all the money in the world. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess LeBron. LeBron's doing all right still, even though. Uh, oh, you know, LeBron's Sixers, doing. Uh, yeah, he, well, Sixers looked all right he was last night. Pain in the ass in that Sixers. Yeah, well, no, that was a tough ending that game, but uh, they pulled it out. So that's, yeah, that's all, all right. I can say about that. One key note, uh, because a lot of people have been screaming about the Flyers trading for Line A uh, over the summer. Oh, yeah. People were not happy about the fact that yeah. Line A got traded and it was not to the Philadelphia Flyers. And <laughs> by the way, imagine if the Flyers had traded away multiple assets to the, the Winnipeg Jets for Patrick Line A. And not only is he hurt, but he also has to go through quarantine and come across the border. Oh, yeah, and then people for, would freak the fuck out about, about that. People yeah. would have freaked out about that factor. Yeah. So I... Uh, There's no winning with that I, one. I mean, I, out of these three names, because Line A, and especially the last week or so, uh, BLD has been talked about, PLT has been talked about a lot. I would take Line A or Dubois on my team. I like Dubois a lot, even though he's not as big a name. He is one of those play-driving forces and he has almost had a 30-goal season already, and he's 22, and he's been doing all this in Tortorella's system in Columbus. So I think once he goes to Winnipeg, with their offense over there... They're center deaf now. I, and honestly, I, I know this is going to sound kind of dumb, but I talked about we talked about Helly Buck so much last year because they were a possession black hole last year, and they had forwards that would strike and score, and were very opportunistic, but when they weren't scoring the rest of the time, they were going to push around the defensive zone. So a guy like Dubuis, you drop that in the top six, he should be able to carry two of those guys around. And then if you have a, a line in the top six can actually spend more time in the offensive zone, maybe the Jets actually look more like a 5-on-5 five five team, and that can make them a little more dangerous. Because the defense, all things considered, has gotten better there too. And that was a, it was a real fucking mess last year. But now they got uh, Billy Hainola on the, on the roster already, who's supposed to be... Pretty good uh, in short order. So I I kind of like it from the Jets angle for that. And then Liney is a guy who can get you 40 goals a year. So I would have liked that too. Roslevic is a fine player and everything. But with that in mind, this blurb from 31 Thoughts, uh, Freeman said that, uh, quote, during his Hockey Night in Canada pregame interview with Ron McLean, Shovel Dayoff said the Jets tried to address their needs to defense on defense but weren't able to do so. It's believed that when they spoke to Philadelphia, the ask of the Flyers included Ivan Provorov. Philly obviously wasn't doing that, but it illustrates what both the Blue Jackets and Jets were thinking. So apparently, that is where teams are going when the Flyers want to land a big-name prize. It is, will give us Provorov. I don't know if I'm doing Provorov for Line A or if I'm doing Provorov for Dubuis. Because especially with, absolutely not doing that. Yeah, you know how long we've been looking for a homegrown number one defenseman. Yeah, and like the and I like 
when you said that, what just went through my mind was years ago when the Flyers had 46 goal Jeff Carter on the team and they did not have that stud number one shutdown guy. And you like you just said the exact opposite of what people were saying back then. So like I feel like if they did this trade, we would just go back to the time when Jeff Carter had 46 goals and there's nobody on the blue line. They would be like, oh, we don't have a number one defenseman now. Of course I'll trade Jeff Carter for a number one defenseman. And then we're just going to keep going back and forth. Like, I feel like if you yeah. trade pro Ralph out of the situation, yeah, we got line A, and then we got a guy that's going to score a bunch of goals and not really drive play, which I don't know if anybody's looking at the Flyers this year. That That's exactly what this team has been. And now you're going to take the guy who's your best defenseman, and now they're just going to become the Jets of the West pretty much. If like they if they keep playing like they have been and they were to add line A, they would be the Jets, which isn't the end of the world, but it's not. they're kind of a flawed team. Like, adding Dubuis is going to help that in the sense of they're going to be a little more well-rounded and actually be able to play a 200-foot game rather than you know line and just scoring 700,000 goals which is a terrible thing you know you don't want goals but it is a lot like giving up pro raw for line it would be a lot I think it is what would be it's what's expected and makes sense but I like I feel like that is solving the issue of not having a pure goal scorer and then you have the issue of they do not have a true defenseman on the roster that they can like grow around so i'm before pro Ruff was here i remember how bad i wanted a top top pair defenseman that i knew was going to be on the flyers for like a decade and now they have that and if line a did a little bit more like it's just like it's such a dumb argument like it's goals but i just need a little something else besides that i don't know uh, he would yeah. he would come here and he'd do really well. I just don't think he would solve all the issues that the Flyers have. Oh, far from it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it would definitely help the offense, and it would have, be a guy who shoots, yeah. which is great and all. And, and I would trade some assets for that for sure. But I'm not trading Provorov. It's that simple. I, there's unless I'm getting a top-notch defensive player back or again, Connor McDavid or an Austin Matthews or something, then I'll consider it. But like, I, I'm just not doing it for guys of this yeah. caliber. I'm sorry. I, and these are, that's not to say these are bad players. It's just what Provorov does, what his value is to this team as a, a defenseman, as a leader. I, I just, it's not, it's not happening. And again, line A is a guy who I think, this fan base is going to turn on in an instant if he gets traded here or if he signs here at some point, because he's a streaky goal scorer. We we've got well, we have gone through this with James Ann Reemstike with Jam Reemstike over here <laughs> Jam, traveling. Jam Cam Reemstike, yeah. I I'm just, I think it's just Jam Reemstike. I think that's what it is. Just Jam. <laughs> that is a pretty good one. Yeah. But Jam Reemstike, man, like the thing is, he's streaky, and right now he's killing it with the uh, with goals but he doesn't really you know he gets criticized for his defensive play or lack thereof yeah and he gets criticized for really just not really doing much else besides that and line a would go through the same thing especially when you're not producing as a goal scorer people are not going to be happy with you they're not going to be happy with you as a hockey player people are unhappy with claude Giroux not scoring goals and he's doing plenty yeah and he else yeah he also uh you know shut them up a little bit tonight but no you're right if it's not yeah, so a lot of people, it's just that the production is not there. That person is outright playing terrible. And I get the JVR argument to an extent. I don't know if it would... I mean, it's not... 
He's going to score more than JVR because he's it, Yeah, it's more, just like a more extreme more version. More talented, but... Yeah. It is a more extreme version. And oh, that, like, people that argument. Off when these guys, yeah. they always call it consistency. That is that is what the argument always is. It is, well, he's not consistent. And yeah, goal scorers are streaky guys. And if he's not doing much else, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I, that This is not to say I am opposed to Patrick Line in Philadelphia. I am definitely not opposed to that. I just don't want to pay the price that winnipeg wanted from the flyers and presumably columbus will want because i really would be shocked if they didn't just flip him because i don't think he's signing there i absolutely do not think he's signing there because why would he yeah it's gonna be interesting well i guess i guess he would if they just offer him a dumb truck of money and nobody else is gonna have the cap space to really sign him like that but plenty other guys have had that opportunity and declined it yeah now i i do wonder and i haven't read anything about I haven't really read any anything in depth about this trade, but so Roslovic is from Columbus, like he's from that general area, and Yarmo Kekalainen, I believe, would know Line A from being, you know, a GM, a, a Finnish GM. Uh, so maybe, maybe that's what they're thinking there is Kekalainen and Roslovic just in Line A's year, ears for a couple months might be able to do it. Again, I don't know how much of a sell that would be. I mean, you could tell them, you could grab whatever two people you want, and they could try and you know persuade me to live in Columbus, Ohio, and I don't know if it would work, but maybe that's part of their, maybe that's part of what that deal was about, but I think Rosovic's also a pretty useful player that they can use in their middle hey. six. That uh, is, uh, He's pretty good. I like Rosovic. Patrick, remember all those great centers you played with with Winnipeg? <laughs> How about we have zero of those? Yeah, that's another thing, is uh, they, they, Columbus did have one, and they just traded him away, and now, who even is, I'm going to look up uh, that. Is right. it Max Domi? <laughs> It might be Max Domi. Um, but I'll go on a daily face-off so. real quick. Yeah, I'm going to uh, Cap Friendly. I like Cap Friendly shit, by the way. Plug uh, Cap Friendly real quick. They did, they've did. started doing depth charts, and they're really good. I feel like uh, Alexander Texier. Cap Friendly's great at everything. Max Domi second, uh, Rosovic third, and then Miko. Oh, yeah, Miko Kovic on the fourth. Great. Alexander Texier was somebody who, uh, by the way, uh, this was uh, Steve very early on in Craig's draft corner. I talked about this guy back in 2017 because he played over in France. Uh, and uh, I was having fun talking about how nobody else played in that league. And I was like, look, he could be really good or he could just be beating up on like a bunch of French players. I have no idea. But uh, these numbers look pretty good. And sure enough, he's going to be playing with Patrick Line, just like I called it back in 2017, Steve. <laughs> if you want to pay up. It's as everybody drew it up. <laughs> it's just tough. But that is a good point that they really, that's a little bit of a drop off. Uh, from and I think he was mainly playing with uh, I think he was mainly playing with Wheeler or Shifley and uh, let's see somebody who's really fucking good yeah like it, whatever whoever he was playing with yeah Shifley was the first line Stastny second and then Lowry third and David Gustafson fourth okay David Gustafson uh, yeah so I mean dropping from Shifley to Texier is going to be a hell of a drop and again power play I mean Line A is He's not a Vetchkin in terms of uh, how notorious he is setting up on the power play, but him setting up above the uh, the left circle pretty high and just letting go of those wrist shots is one of those power play moves that teams just struggle to shut down. Uh, and it worked well in Winnipeg, but now you're going to go to Columbus. Uh, they may not have as much firepower on the 5-on-4, so you might run into some troubles there. So, yeah, like... Uh, on its face, just on name value, it feels like 
the Blue Jackets, or like it feels like the Jets got smacked around this trade. Like you're getting up line a second overall pick. Came into that draft a lot of hype. He's already had a couple of 30 goal seasons. I think he already had a couple of 40 goals. He has a 40 goal season at least. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then you also give another roster player for Pierre Luc Dubois, who is pretty damn good. He's really, I'd say maybe an under, maybe even underrated. Like considering he, how young he is, I would, and he already has 27 goals. That's the impression goals. I'm getting is yeah. that he's underrated because I. I didn't really know the name that well. I did notice him when the Flyers would play the Blue Jackets. I'm like, yeah. oh, this guy's good. No, but, but he is, I, yeah. I, I wasn't thinking he was that big of a deal, but then the Tortorella situation happened the other week, and everybody's like, go get his ass if you can. I, oh, yeah. Okay. I started listening. I'm like, all right, I, all right. He, he's just, he's one of those guys that is a possession monster. It, it's one of those things that it's clear that he's able to drive play and at a high level. He's 22. He already has a bunch of productive NHL seasons under his belt, and it looks like he still has room to grow. And he's a one. He's your top line center. So how often is that guy like inevitably going to be traded? Like you knew he was going to get traded because he just didn't want to like be there anymore. So I think that's why everybody got so jacked up. He is good. Like he he produces pretty well for being one of those types of players as well. So, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And again, he's leaving that situation where he may not been surrounded with the best players. And now he's going to be go playing with, like, if he's on the top line with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler, I, I can see how Shevel Dayoff's going to look pretty good in a, in a couple weeks here. I mean, he already, again, this trade, I don't think is that lopsided as is like i don't think it's i think it's pretty beneficial for both teams it's just kind of like an awkward fit for both teams like no the jets didn't need another forward and line doesn't feel like a tortorella player and when it comes down to it like you're if they had to eventually make a choice i think i'd fire tortorella and keep line because i don't know how much tortorella i don't know how much longer of a leash tortorella has in columbus he's been there a minute oh i think if you had that ultimatum (laughs) Uh, he's got to go now. Going with line A. Yeah, because now he's like, I'll sign. If this is but the one, only if you get rid of this insane coach. Yeah, this is the one. This is the third. Yeah, this is like the third player he's done that to. Uh, all right, so that trade, and then also Jim Rutherford. I before you move on to Rutherford, I just wanted to say there. I actually just saw the perfect trade candidate for the Flyers. It's a guy who can score goals. Okay, he's gritty, heart and soul guy. I think he just scored his third goal of the season. And oh, he's no. a power play expert too. Oh no! His name—I don't know if you've heard of him before. Uh, Wayne Simmons. He's looking really good for the Maple Leafs. Did you say Wade Stimmons? Yeah, no, he's pretty good. Wade St- Simons. <laughs> Wade Simons. Small little uh, Belarusian no, guy. I, I saw play. Wayne Simmons score just now, and I—I just—it's still weird for me. It's still weird for me. Oh, it's really weird. And that is—he is now four teams removed from the Flyers. I think. Something like that. Which it wasn't that long which ago. Is, that's really weird. Five teams. It was the Preds, Sabres, Devils. No, that's four. I'm doing math wrong. Yeah, that's four. But still, just nuts. What is nuts? Yeah. Yeah, what is? Nuts. Yeah, Jim Rutherford, yeah, man. Let's talk about it. Speaking of nuts, Jim Rutherford had. I'm gonna miss he, him. Just, he resigned. I'm gonna miss him. Gonna miss him. I'm really good. And Jim Rutherford resigned. Nobody expected this. He's like, he's just our tragic hero. Like, he is somebody that just went in and he did what I wanted him to do while he was in there. And then, um, you know, went down swinging. He wanted to, apparently he was let go uh, 
the they said originally because of personal reasons, and then as more has come out, I couldn't find all the sources, but apparently uh, he wanted to trade Chris Letang, and then the owner group was like, no, <laughs> and then he was like, well, I'm I can't believe go. that was. <laughs> That was the push comes to shove. Is Chris friggin' Letang? Christopher Letanger, Doc. Chris Letang was push coming to shove for I mean, Rutherford's all... tenure. Rutherford has yeah. done so many crazy things the last couple of years after starting off great. And that's what Rutherford does, right? He, he starts out great. Yeah. It's the Paul Holmgren method. You just become continually crazier and crazier as you try to keep this team in contention. And then you're digging a hole and signing Jack Johnson or. Yeah. Sign in. Who was uh like Michael who, Matheson? Who were the idiots. Yeah, and I was trying to think of the guys that Holmgren brought in. The slow guys he brought in at the end of his tenure. Pavel Kubina, Nick Grossman. Oh, Kubina, yeah. um, Kubina and Grossman were Curtis the, the Foster. duo I was thinking of. The dynamic duo right there. Kent oh, Huskins. Oh, there's a whole. There was a whole fucking litany. Of Andrew them. McDonald. Andrew McDonald. Yeah, he uh, Holmgren. That was one of the. He was pretty good at that. I'm not. You know, I got a good credit where credit's due. He was pretty good at bringing big, slow, bad defensemen. <laughs> Well, Rutherford learned from the best, and he just has become, like, crazier and crazier, and I've been loving it as a Flyers fan the last couple of years, and... But he he didn't get fired. He just said, all right, nah. Yeah, yeah apparently just... Which, I mean, it, again, is bad for us, because this was a man that uh, he saw... He was at the helm when they won two cups, but then since he won those two cups... He's just made a bunch of funny moves. Like some of the most, like just the most laugh out loud moves you can think of. Like anything where you're like, how would the league react if this went down? He he pulled some of them off. Like the Jack Johnson stuff was great. Uh, the signings this offseason were great. Um, and just, I mean, just in general, he just seemingly has been making bad moves left and right the last couple of years. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully the Penguins like this is just. I don't know. They're. I think what's going to happen now is Alvin is going to try. They brought in Patrick Alvin. They named their uh, assistant GM uh, the temporary one. And I don't know if he's going to become the, the full-time one. But I think whoever comes in now is going to take as many swings as they can with Crosby and Malkins on the roster. Because once they're gone, oh boy. I mean, like, it's going to be – they don't have the greatest prospect pool. Uh, they don't have a ton of depth. Well, it's interesting. I wonder what direction they're going to go in – because because of that fact oh, right? do, they, yeah. do they try to take that swing or do they they try to rebuild retool no i saw an interesting i saw a list of potential candidates and well why i think it's interesting is one of the candidates was of course dear rod hextall Ooh. our former gm oh my god if you and of course flyers create goalie yeah rod hextall is the option I think it's very obvious to anyone listening to this podcast and any Flyers fan in general, Ron Hextall is not the guy you bring in if your approach is <laughs> to speed it up. Let's win right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing, I just pictured like a uh, Ron Hextall is like an action star, like TV show. And then just every episode, it's like, Ron, you've got to drive this cop car of the fire. Now we got to go. And then just like, he sits there and mauls over for like five minutes and then everybody dies in the fire. Like just every episode. Let's think about the situation. He's just, <laughs> just like every time there's a quick way to get out of it. And he's like, well, let's, let's let these, let's let the situation marinate. Let's figure it out. And then let's uh, talk it out yeah. a little bit. Let's, <laughs> let's just... get to the root cause here. <laughs> I saw Hexy on that list. I saw a great name. And I, this is the guy I'm campaigning for Peter Chiarelli. Mm. Mm. Oh my God. That is, 
That's perfection. That is mwah, chef's even. kiss Look. of a choice right there. I That is a full round trip to Flavortown, my friend. Give me Peter Chiarelli right now. Peter Chiarelli, if he's in charge of calling the final years of Crosby's career, I think nature's healing. That's going to be my conclusion. I think we, I think normalcy <laughs> is right around the corner. Uh, and seeing Crosby give you know straight-faced interviews about the Penguins acquiring, like, fucking... I, I can't even think of a big... Pat Maroon to play alongside Crosby oh. in the... Uh, but I can't believe that hasn't happened yeah. already. Well, so my... So it seems like such a natural fit. Oh God, right there. he really, yeah, dude. And then you get like twenty-five goals, and they'd be like, "Where's, but, where's he been his whole career?" And then not playing next. Pat Maroon's <laughs> like Mister Stanley Cup now, you know, back to back. It is true. They do call him the Legarrette Blunt of the, the big NHL. Rig. Yeah, that's definitely that's what they call him. So they actually call him the Big Rig. <laughs> yeah, they do call him the Big Rig. <laughs> so I would love Chiarelli, but you know, who's also a great option, Pierre Maguire. Pierre Maguire's been kicked around, you know. I know somebody pointed he it out to me, but about to, I, he's gotta like because he was thrown out gotta. there in 2014 before uh, they brought in Shira, so he might be, you know, or before they brought in uh, a fucking uh, what's his nuts. The Devin S ninety three had tweeted me and said, "What about Pierre?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey Doc, I'm TV, up for this yeah. GM job again, Doc, and I'll tell you what. This time I'm going to get it, Doc. I'm going to get down in Sidney Crosby's face every day and talk to him about juniors. Talk to him about grade school. Talk to him about middle school. Doc, I'm going to talk to him about everything. I'm trying At to... this point, Doc Emmerich has just had enough of Pierre's <laughs> daily phone call. I'm trying to think of what... Pierre, perhaps you should get friends elsewhere. <laughs> like, Hexall going there would be the best because it would give Hexall... Perhaps Mike Milbury's free. It'll give Hextall a chance to revive his uh, likability in Philadelphia. And also, yeah, he would elongate that process and make Pittsburgh Penguins fans watch a slow, ineffective rebuild during the final years of Crosby's time in Pittsburgh. So I kind of want... But that said, that said, I still don't want Ron Hextall associated with that filthy Penguins brand. Either. It's like when John LeClaire played for the Penguins yeah. for a brief period of time. He didn't do anything there, but I didn't like it. Yeah, it just don't. it doesn't look right, yeah. Uh, also, yeah, no, that's it. That was, yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, I agree with what you said. Yeah, uh, the Penguins also added Yannick Weber this week, one year, seven hundred K, at three points in forty-one games for La- uh, Nashville last year. Uh, that's not because Rutherford left. They just, I think, they just wanted to sign him. They call him Yanni. Yeah, they, nobody. They, oh, they might. Yeah, they, some people do. Uh, so that's the hockey stuff. Steve, you ready to get in the dick around out here? Before uh... let's stick around. Okay, so Cole Beasley is. I'm not gonna lie. He's done a 180 in my book. He's slowly becoming one of my favorite players in the league. I'd never thought I this day would. Guts with the never Dallas thought it yeah. What an annoying fucking player! And you know, my God, since he's going to the Buffalo Bills, that that rapping, long-haired white say, boy, has, he's he's been something else. He went from being catching all these passes against the Eagles and the Cowboys and being annoying to just dropping straight hot fire on some albums and uh, getting the people going when they really need it. Uh, with that he rap. introduced us all to the United Hate of America, and we, for that we have to thank him. I, I guess we do. And uh, what we also have to thank him for, admire him for, thank your thank his service for, is the fact that he apparently played through the NFL playoffs with a broken fibula, which sounds not great. Uh, quote: I broke my fibula, but it's nothing that needs to be surgically repaired. It's not a full break. It was the it was bad the first game I played, but after that, you take a few meds and suck it up. Yeah, just suck it up. It's only a broken sorry. fibula. <laughs> not sorry. 
that's what that's what they're gonna say when uh the doctor snapped the bone back in place. They're like, sorry, Cole, and then just snap it. And yeah. Doc, would you call this eighty stings a pain? <laughs> Cole Beasley though, uh you know, just big fan. Big fan of uh, what he's become up in Buffalo. And uh hopefully great one of these days of the show right there. Brings the great people Buffalo Super Bowl. And uh we can see all the table breaking and Marshawn launch Marshawn Lynch uh mashups as we can. I'm excited for that day. It was disappointing to see Bill's Mafia not end up in the Super Bowl, but I think Bill's Mafia needs to make it to the Super Bowl when fans can get there so we can see all the table breaking in the parking lot video beforehand. Like, that's that's the yeah. only right way no, to it actually been. have it happen. It's, it's honestly tragic that the Eagles are not going to make it to the Super Bowl for at least five years, and <laughs> we're not going to see a Bills-Eagles Super Bowl because the, the tailgate for that would probably end the world. Oh, absolutely. It would be fucking... <laughs> it would be insane. But uh, yeah, at least yeah, we don't have to worry about the Eagles in the Super Bowl for God a minute, Steve. I think we're gonna be good on that front. Yeah, a decade now. I think we're gonna be fine. We're gonna be as long as Harry Roseman's involved. So we'll be good until like twenty thirty-five. That fucker's got to be going at the end of the season. No, like he can't. He can't. <laughs> I, I would not bet on that, my friend. Dude, like he can't. If everybody look, if the whole city actively chants "Fire Howie" for the entirety of every home game next season. Or whenever we're allowed to. won't do and... anything. He's made it this far. He. This, this Machiavellian motherfucker knows his way. He knows what he's okay. doing. Tell me we're going to feel Epstein of the NFL. It's my responsibility <laughs> as a not journalist to <laughs> tell you the truth. Cold hard facts. Howard Roseman, bad at his job. I'm excited to see what tight end they pick with six overall, though. I'm excited to see what. Or what fucking tackle from TCO that's going to play three games before he gets Another benched. quarterback. <laughs> Or another quarterback. I, in this, if you collect all the quarterbacks, though, no other teams can have a quarterback. Therefore, you would have the best quarterback. So it's not the worst. You know, got to think about that, Steve. You know, think a little bit. Um, all right, you want to do batch update now? <laughs> yes, for the love of God. <laughs> the batch update. Batch update. All right. Quote: We start with the group date from last week. The, Get batched. The one. Where Sarah decides to leave the batch. Drunk Queen Victoria says, quote, the trash took itself out, and quote, yikes. Uh, and Katie says she shouldn't be mean to people, especially when they've already left. Counterpoint, it's the best time to be mean to people, because they won't hear you that's say true. it. That's yeah. true, as soon as they walk out the door. Yeah, it's, just, it's called getting business done, yeah. Victoria yeah. tells Katie she can't censor her, and tells her to apologize. Katie doesn't. Meanwhile, Matt is talking to other people and gives Chelsea the group date rose. Okay, Chelsea, getting in there. Uh, again. Just Matt, like, slipping in behind the scenes there, just like, Chelsea, <laughs> they're all arguing. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we move on to the rose ceremony. That was quick. Uh, during said rose ceremony, Falcon trainer slash host Chris Harrison. I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Yeah, is the, uh, the, the dual-wielding career success of Chris Harrison. Walks Matt all the way through the McMansion into the front of the house. Out of nowhere... Fun fact, the Falcon training actually pays more. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, out of nowhere, five new contestants arrived. One of the new contestants, oh, wow. Miss Puerto Rico Universe Catalina, what the fuck, uh, enters with her pageant queen crown. Dunk Queen Vic, uh, Vicky, uh, DQV, walks over... Drunk Queen Victorious, <laughs> I'm loving that. DQV, walks over, says, I think that's Very mine, good. and plucks the crown off of Catalina's head. Yeah, no, that's a very uh, that's a very good title. I don't know if it's a title you it's want. It's a ballsy but... move right there. As as somebody who's Puerto, Puerto Rican. Yeah. 
as a a Puerto Rican man, I I, I would not <laughs> take. I would not mess with a Puerto Rican woman's crown. That just sounds like you are asking to die. <laughs> it also just doesn't sound like, uh, you know, I guess uh, proper etiquette as it is just to start grabbing. It is very, you very know, crowns all people's heads, general, yeah. but just not something I would do. Isn't that called a. Uh, yeah. Isn't there another name for that fucking. Uh... I'm never going to remember what the hell that's called, but anyway. Uh, next group date. Uh, next is a group date which involves an obstacle course involving giant oh. hollowed out uh, pumpkins used as water rafts and squirrel costumes. I'm sorry? I, I don't even know what they're, they're going for. None of this makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even know what they're is going for. Is this just there. like leftovers from Halloween? <laughs> they're just like, oh man, like, we, we got to put together some shit for this week. What yeah, do we got? Bad we extra some, shit. Uh, from giant pumpkins left over from Halloween. <laughs> we got these squirrel costumes. I don't know what the hell these are from. And uh, water rafts. It's an obstacle. Yeah, let's just throw it all together. Obstacle course. Go nuts, batch. It's a uh, obstacle course with a beach ball and a huge inflatable hot dog. I don't have any idea what related uh, holiday that would be, but uh, Mary wins and Maggie gets stuck in a pumpkin. Out that as is tradition. So, uh, in a cocktail party. Anna starts proliferating. Oh, why are you throwing that word at me? Uh, a rumor that new contestant Brittany is an escort. This fucker knows I don't read this shit before. After... Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even pick up on that. So uh, That's a pretty big... I'm not going to lie. That's uh, it's, uh, not cool. That's that seems a like a pretty... Yeah, that's uh, right there. That is an accusation. That's pretty toxic. That's uh, After she's told everyone in the house, Anna asks Brittany to confess to being an escort. Brittany is rightfully pissed i think i'd be a little pissed about that if uh you know you went around talking to everybody at slack that i was uh an escort and then you're like well, why don't you tell everybody about the internet escort i'm gonna go right in to the slack right <laughs> now i fucking know and create a situation i like it yeah uh continuing michelle gets a one-on-one date with matt they get on some zip lines pop some balloons and go in a hot air balloon a perfect date for crisp autumn afternoon on the outskirts of the city best known for putting french fries Directly on sandwiches, in case you forgot they're in Pittsburgh again. Yeah. Oh, At fucking one... <laughs> Pittsburgh. Just a nightmare city. Can you just, oh God, when I think of Pittsburgh, though, don't you just want to go there and put French fries on other food and just make them? I want to sit on one of their, I want to sit on one of their 25 bridges and just eat French fries and coleslaw yeah, that's... all over everything I eat. Yeah, that's a fun day Friday in Pittsburgh. We talked about that. Getting a, getting a coleslaw sandwich with some fries on it and, and sitting on one of those bridges with your legs kicked out over the edge and just uh, looking at one of those dirty rivers, you know? That's called the the Pittsburgh experience. I enjoy it never, and I will never eat it. But that's, uh, yeah, that's Pittsburgh. At one point, uh, wait, don't you have family on Pittsburgh? Not me. Oh, no, you're okay. Dude, I thought you had to go out to Pittsburgh recently for... Who cares? That's not... This is not... The answer... My only answer to your question here is not me. Okay. Gotcha. At one point, they count down from three and say how many kids they want. I forget what the number is, but they say the same number and make out shortly after. That's a pretty good way to get makeouts in. Yeah, you just... Oh, yeah. that's... That's very good. <laughs> Do you think he just did one of those things where he just waited till she started answering? <laughs> three! Three! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or just what you that say? said. If it's if it's any number over five, you just need to kind of just walk out of the room, and be like, no. "It's a great." That's a first. Yeah, eight. It was like, and even okay, five I'm... is pushing it. That's that's a lot of goddamn kids right there. Four, I four is okay. Four's okay. Four, I mean, four, it's a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot, but like 
four I can I can deal with. Five is like you're pushing it right now, and anything over that is uh, no. two years in high oh. school. Uh, it was me and my brother and three step siblings in a townhouse. And uh, I'm going to tell you personally. Sounds bad. Not good. Not enough room, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so that was. But too I many can, cooks. Too many, too many cooks. Too, ma- uh, too many cooks. I also didn't know that that was a thing on uh, Adult Swim. I thought that was just like one blur. I didn't know it was like a show called Infomercials. Did you like know that? that there's oh, a whole, yeah, no. That's I've, what I mean. I've gone through I knew too many cooks. quite a few I of love those infomercials. Cooks. Yeah, the infomercials thing. I think we need to, on a future episode, we need to break down some of these infomercials because okay, some of them are gold. No, we won't. I have one I want to talk about in particular. But I want to save that because I gotta watch the rest of them right now. <laughs> I saw too many cooks like four years or six years ago now, and it still cracks me up every once in a while. Last but not least, on the next group date, some of the contestants take some boxing lessons in the woods for ten minutes and then box each other. You just get right into it. Oh, Serena P, P for punching, uh, gets knocked out, and Matt or not punching actually the exact opposite, and Matt calls off the date. Uh, we go back to Anna bullying Brittany, and good vibes Katie goes to Matt and tells him that some. Tells him that some real middle school shit is going on in the house. And indeed it is, because uh, that Britney thing is uh, pretty crazy. That is definitely a middle school thing. Some real some, middle school shit. Yeah, some real middle school shit. But what is a middle school shit, Steve? Is uh, checking on what's going around going on around the league. And, uh, well, you can there do that you if go. you're a middle schooler, I guess. But not a great segue. I'm still ashamed that you still have the best. I, I, I like it. I like it. Okay. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. We just got to we gotta finish it out here. So, uh, yeah, Joe Thornton. shit up. Out a month with a fractured rib. Uh, Jack Campbell oh, so old. also out for the uh, Maple Leafs with a uh, with a leg injury. So the Leafs are already getting their excuses in line for a first round exit. Philip Heedle is out four to six weeks with a tremendous case of UBI. Uh, Thursday, a lot of COVID news. Unfortunately, uh, Thursday's uh, Golden Knights Blues game was canceled. Also on that note, uh, Golden Knights GM Kelly McCrimmon and the Henderson Silver Knights staff, the uh, Golden Knights AHL club had to stand behind the bench for the Golden Knights game on uh, Tuesday because the rest of the coaching staff was in COVID protocol. Uh, and then also the Hurricanes lightning game just from... Just like the Mighty Ducks, too. Just like the Mighty That is, yes. Uh, Carolina, Tampa Bay also... You Carolina. remember the scene where <laughs> where the love, where Gordon Bombay's love interest has to just sub in and then she like doesn't know how to do any th- any coaching stuff and like oh whoa. they they look tired should we do something say like, change it up change it up i remember this scene very well hurricanes lightning also canceled uh, from earlier in the week uh metropolitan riveters of the nwhl are also dropping out of the league bubble due to positive covid tests uh, they received so you know we did not have any issues uh when the league was in the bubble over the summer but unfortunately we're running running into some obstacles here hopefully they don't hurt the flyer well they already did impact the flyers but hopefully not much further uh the hurricanes have terminated their contract with jeremy brocco who has signed with calpa and the liga he signed with carolina in the offseason after being taken by the leafs in the 2015 second round or in the 2015 second round uh, uh, draft and he had been with them ever since john forsland will be the play-by-play guy for the seattle kraken uh after being oh seattle man they are making some yeah, great man, moves. and we're never, we're never going to see him now. But it, they are making great moves. But like, it just sucks that he's going to be in Seattle now. We're going to get him. We're we're just not going to hear his voice anymore. I think, which sucks because he's one of the with Doc Emmerich out of the, the game now. He might actually be the voice well, I enjoy the Gary most. Gary Bettman's back for the NHL and ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> Yanni oh, Niemann, huh? 
<laughs> Yanni Nemina. <laughs> Fucking Nemina. Uh, how do you think he's doing right now? I think he's still... He was playing a couple I think he's doing ago, great. Yeah. He, he does a great job with Baltimore or- Orioles, your boys. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, I was talking about Yanni Nemina. I know Gary Thorne's down there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, Yanni Nemina's doing great. Yeah, he's doing wonderful. Uh, Shark... He definitely was involved in one of my fake businesses that I plug at the beginning of the show. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, Sharks' first two home games uh, that were scheduled for February 1st and 3rd against the Golden Knights will now be played in Glendale, Arizona, which means the Sharks will play their first 14 and uh, 16 of the first 18 away from the SAP Center. Last home game was on March 8th of 2020 against the Avs. So, uh, first home game slated for February 13th this year now. So, they're going almost an entire year without playing a home game, which is pretty crazy. Uh, finally able to do some data entry again at SAP. Yeah, finally. Get on top of those numbers. They're backlogged. That's an office joke, folks. That's pretty good. What do you think? San Francisco, do they have a Cisco Arena? They have to. I mean, it's not like they're they're out there too, aren't they? Who knows? Uh, there are a lot of random that, questions as you. I think the Warriors around. used to play in a Cisco Arena. They I'm, did. I'd be wrong, but I believe you did. Cares? Yeah, yeah. I've gotten like four or five who cares questions in here. Uh, Predators goalie Connor Ingram has entered the NHL NHLPA player assistance program. Uh, the Coyotes have added Matt Perry and Lee Stepniak to their hockey operations department. Uh, Stepniak joins as a hockey data strategist, which. Anybody sees those jobs listed on LinkedIn, let me know. Uh, former Arizona GM John Chaka has been suspended by Batman for conduct detrimental to the league and the game. Cannot be involved in uh, NHL business through December 31st, and the ruling is related to uh, Chaka going out with multiple years left on his Arizona contract uh, and trying to find work elsewhere, uh, and that is via Emily Kaplan. Uh, Madison Bowie signed with the Hawks for two years, somewhere from 25K a year, spent the last year and a half with the Wings. Left-hand defenseman Trevor Carrick was traded from the Ducks to the Sharks for left-winger Jack Kopaka, and Kopaka was flipped from the Sharks along with the 2022nd 7th to the Sens for right-hand defenseman Christian Yaros, Pavel Dorofeyev, a uh, Russian center taken by the Golden Knights in 2019 in the third round, signed his ELC this week. And then last but not least, Zdeno Chara scored his first goal as a capital tonight. So that is uh, oh, around the age the way. of 103. Uh, 103, and then all the capitals got around each other and group hug big time in the middle of uh, COVID. So it was a wonderful... Steve, I wanted to tell you this week since now. Well, they also had to get the entire team to surround him because he's so large. Yeah, he's a very large man. They had the ta- it was like a it was like a city trying to take down Godzilla. It was not it was not a pretty sight. But Steve, I decided I started rewatching um, uh, The Sopranos this week, and I decided that once whenever we're back in normalcy, whether that's you know end of this year, next year, twenty twenty three, whatever, I'm just going to introduce myself to everybody like Tony Soprano and just put my hands all over everybody's face and just face and neck and then just like. <laughs> Hold it there for like the first half of the conversation. How you doing? How how you been? And then just like rub. Yeah, that's all. Mother? Yeah. <laughs> how you doing? All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That just remind me of the Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Uh, say how to your mother for me. <laughs> I mean, that's that's all the North Jersey yeah. guys. Is just, just how's your mother doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to breathe heavy and whisper into somebody's ear. Where are the cold cuts? <laughs> uh, Come. Well, Steve. We got Gabagool. Gabagool. Folks. Yeah, wrap it up. That's all we got for you tonight. It was plenty. It was was a Tony Soprano cold cut size serving. Oh, baby. God damn, was it ever. Yeah. Eat it up. If you have any... (laughs) Eat it up. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at sportsrbad 
that you can. And uh, I got this out. You guys should listen to that. Uh, we're going to have the forecast out on Tuesday this week. I'm telling you that too, I think, actually, because I play Sunday. And then had the prospect, News to me. prospect report out on Monday. Just did the article about the differences on uh, in five on five play, why, you know, the Flyers have been hot ass, uh, or the way they were bad last year, or this year at five on five, and what's caused that in terms of like the uh, individual impacts. And then uh, I was going to also try and do a, a tape breakdown on Gustafson to kind of figure out why he's bad at hockey. He was never really good. But I want to know why it's so shocking to all, or alarming to all of us. It's just like each time he goes out there, you know, just he does something. How can this defenseman not play defense? Yeah, just each time I watch him, I'm just like, how's this going on? Like people actively, he was given real money to go do this publicly. And, and they're going to keep let him do it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully I want to I want to look at that or just uh, I, I haven't done a like a a video or give breakdown in a minute. So I think I'm going to try and pump one of those puppies out next week and start getting those uh, off the ground again. Cause I do like getting in there. I like the advanced stat stuff and I do like doing the deep dives on that, but uh, I feel like a lot of the advanced stats are a little more accessible online. So doing the gift stuff, I think people want to actually, you know, watch hockey plays and then just get a little more in the X's and O's maybe. So that's my thought line. People love the gifts. Yeah. People do love the gifts too. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's uh, that's that. That's what I got going on this week, Steve. Uh, how you doing? What about Voice. you? Yeah. Good stuff. I, you can reach me at Esteban or at Flyperbole. But for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. We have so many great podcast offerings and blog offerings. We can show you the hockey world. Take you wonder by wonder. I'm delirious and tired. It's time to wrap it up. Two hour marathon. Oh. Baby. Baby. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Wear a damn mask. Wear two masks if you can. Apparently that's a thing now. Who would have thought? Anyway, be <laughs> responsible out there and uh, social distance and all that stuff because there is a pandemic and you should, you know, be careful. I think you know that, but <laughs> Yo, you know. it's worth saying. Yeah. If you know, you know. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow 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 Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly, 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 fly.